Right, but KTG ain't getting no grand intro. Oh no, hell no, hell no. <laughs> she she's like she's like one of the boys now, so she don't get she, shit. She really is. Oh look at that, right? What did, what the... Oh, she oh, had, she had to get her. Oh god, look at you. She had to get her hair did. She had to get all nice presentable for for two slubs in their pajamas. Do we have to let her in, or can she let herself in? Oh, we have to let her in. Oh, oh there she, she is. Well, she has, to say, she has to say it like Bray Wyatt before she's allowed to get in. Let me in. What up, fellas? I believe, I believe that. I'm going to be in my pajamas <laughs> later because I'm doing the Fightful New Japan watch-along. I'm going to be a oh, zombie. Fuck. Yeah, good luck <laughs> with that. Look at, her already stealing, look at her already stealing my gimmick name drop. And... I'm very Alrighty. important and popular. I'm so excited. Alba's on today. I know him well, so this will be good. You know his sister? Jessica? (laughs) Oh, stolen forever, though. Whenever whenever he sets up a question that you think is really serious, just always know that it's never serious. Oh, I knew it wasn't serious. I was just trying to figure out what, what the pun was, where I was missing it. That's good. It was. It, I wasn't quite there yet either. Actually, that's a good point. Oh, I was thinking well, like, I was thinking like from Alba cheese. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's so, so sh- Kevin, you're not in your basement. Yeah, what one night only. From what? uh, yeah, they let me out. So <laughs> they let you out. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got some bread, got some water. That's so good. I'm glad they let you off the chains there. That's it. And now this podcast is going to be off the chains. Hey! <laughs> well, you guys ready to start the party before our guest joins us in a little while? We'll get this, okay. get this show kicking right. 40 minutes. Oh, no, half hour. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. No, no, half hour. hour. I don't know. What do we got to talk tonight? We got day one coverage. We got Wrestle Kingdom coverage. We got Kate the Great joining us on third mic. We got John Alba joining us in a few to talk about his newest endeavor. With the uh, with the man who's stronger than death himself, Mr. Matt Hardy, and uh, I don't know what else is there to talk about. It's all wrestling, right? Right? It's all wrestling. You can get into the Tony Khan shit if you want to, but I guess. Oh gosh, if you want to, I would love a day off from it. (laughs) Well, maybe Kevin, Kevin, and I could talk about it. And uh, let me see. Wait, first you're gonna have to let me know what it was. Oh well, then we'll figure it out once we get into it. But in the meantime, it is time for the intro. You're listening to episode 566, I hope, of the Shining Wizards. Kicking off the new year right. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. Something like that, I guess. The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network. Broadcasting live on RantiumRadio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at ShiningWizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at merch.shiningwizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at amazon.shiningwizards.com and become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. This is the man who is stronger than death, Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. What's up? I love the big package. And he's got those smelly balls. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Fucking loser. Fuck the shining wizards. (laughs) 
Once again, it's time to join your favorite cast of characters on the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Unfortunately, we are not live on the rant tonight, but go visit those guys anyway. The replay will be up later, rantmradio.com, because I'm an idiot and I cannot figure out technology. So I am playing the role of Matt tonight. We got tons of good stuff to get into because we are live on the Facebook. We are live on YouTube. We are live on Twitch. We are live on Twitter. And of course, we're in podcast form, so you can take us wherever you go. We are the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, where it's wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Tony. Kate. K. Oh, okay. All right. I wasn't sure how we were going to do that. We didn't, we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about that before. That's probably something we should have brought up in the pre-show meeting. We didn't talk oh, about oh, anything yeah. before we got. <laughs> K. J. G. Happy New Year, fuckers. Happy New Year. I figured I'm filling in for Matt. I should go in Matt's spot. That's fine. Uh, you so know, I'll, I, I... I'll forget how to speak English and call everybody goons the whole episode. That's Come fine. on, you goons. Um, Edens. It's weird. It was New Year's two days ago. It feels like I... so long ago already. Is yeah. it just me? It feels like May 2nd right now. It really does. Like It's like we're so far into the future, but my God. How was your New Year's? Is, 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 is? Very chill. Very chill. Just, I would say, I think it was five years ago, I had a New Year's party that was like a bust for several reasons. Like half the people didn't show up and then half the people got too drunk. And I was like, I'm never going to try around New Year's again. And I have not regretted it since. It's just been like appetizers, like, like usually pigs in a blanket and pizza or sushi um, and sweatpants and chilling out at home, which is exactly what happened this year. And I will take it. So it was delightful. Plus, like, I know Omicron's not like killing people, but I'm not out there trying to get it since I already I got like the OG and the Delta. I'm not like I don't need to go for like the tic-tac-toe of it. You know what I mean? So um, I am good at home. Boosted yeah, now. Living my life. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think you, you got pretty beat up from the booster. I missed you on the Wednesday night show. And apparently Matt missed a chunk of it, too, because he had a, you know, I, guess, I guess his cats thought they were having the all-valley karate tournament during the Sorry, show. Sorry, guys, my New, Year's was, my New Year's was fine, guys. Don't worry about me. Don't worry I'm about rounding up with Kate. Relax, yeah, dude. I'm yeah. getting into no, it. No, don't worry about it. No, yeah. You rounded up with Kate with a segue into Matt's cat's assholes. That's how you rounded up with Kate? Who it said was assholes? about their assholes it was it's one of their the cats thinks they're nicked and took a piece oh, okay. cutter to the other one whatever <laughs> whenever i hear matt's cats my initial reaction is nelly's butt that is like 72 percent of the cat talk yeah. on the show right, so, so it, it makes sense yeah. yeah this was an extenuating circumstance so yeah shout out to to matt's cats and i hope uh one uh, nick gage is re- responsible for the actions that you put cats Matt's sounds like his jazz quartet Matt's cats at the lounge this weekend. (laughs) Kevin, sweetheart, darling, how is your new year? Let's not leave you out of the conversation. Oh, it's all right. Just the host of the show. It's all right. No problem. (laughs) Wow. Kevin's coming in hot. Kevin, Kevin was you. I just wanted to know how his new year's was. And now he's not. Hey, no, I'm not telling you. You know what? I'm not telling you. Wow. Yeah, no, it was, no it's, 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 it was literally this minus you two. <laughs> you logged in to do a show by yeah, yourself? <laughs> I did. I tested StreamYard until the ball dropped, and I was just like, all right, I've had enough. 
people on CNN are ripping a whole lot of politicians. Let's just go <laughs> watch that instead. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was quiet here too. My niece and nephew came over earlier in the day, but everybody had left by like six. So it was just me, the wife and the kid. Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, huge fan of Blondie. I love Debbie Harry to death. Heart of Glass is an awesome song. Miley Cyrus had no business trying to sing that shit. That's the only thing that annoyed me on New mm. Year's Eve. Which that's, was actually that's weird surprising because Miley Cyrus usually covers stuff amazingly. Yeah. No. Like her, her Jolene cover. Those environments are weird too because you can never hear yourself and it's like a, a very like shitty setup from the artist perspective. But Miley is like her cover of Zombie and her cover of Jolene are like rival the original yeah. good but yeah we we she's, missed them she's not the, she's not the same like my and miley cyrus that like people knew god knows how long ago she's like a legit art not that she ever wasn't but like she does her own stuff and everyone else's stuff so like masterfully so i'm surprised to hear this yeah. take i have to watch it well fair enough i mean the the songs kate brings up they're they're perfect songs for her voice the heart of glass not so much don't work. It was no, not at all. Not at Which all. Which one is that again? So not love it. It was a gas. <laughs> oh, she does. I've heard her sing that. She's good. Oh, at that. it was terrible, dude. I've heard her do that one. It was terrible. This terrible. this one wasn't great, and I think her sister was there too, right? I think uh, old, old uh, butthole eyes was there too. Pete Davidson. I think oh, they they were hosting together. Eyes. He does. He has assholes for eyes. You never noticed that? He's got some sort of condition. I don't think I couldn't. I and I've seen a lot of cat buttholes, so you think I would have known because I do yeah. a show with Matt, but I did not notice that he has buttholes for eyes. Really? Oh yeah, and if you Google Pete Davidson butthole eyes, like you'll find like tons of comparisons. I yeah. am going to not do that. <laughs> there was a great meme circulating about how uh, Pete Davidson on New Year's is what Beetlejuice would look like if he was alive. Yes, yes, I saw that. It was hysterical. It's yeah. <laughs> pretty good. And I like Pete Davidson, so I'm not like hating on him. It was just, it's so. He's like the. He, that, they were the perfect two people to host a, a New Year's Eve show together. I heard they were really good. I had watched like the um, the Seacrest, Dick Clark, what, terrible, whatever jobber of a host that they got to sit yeah. in with Ryan Seacrest. She and was he, terrible. And, here, and here's the thing about that, Kate, is because I watched a lot of that too, only because it's like, that's the, that's the, that's the go-to. That's what it's you go to. One. That's what you go to when you, when you grew up and like when your parents will let you stay up to, to midnight, like that's what was always on. And now it's just like, it's developed. I think they're trying to reach a much younger demographic than, uh, than maybe some of the other places. I, I didn't watch a whole lot of NBCs, so I don't know. But uh, but yeah, it, it was it was not it was not fun, not good. I think it was all. I think it might have been also tougher this year because they tried to bring it back, but then New York City scaled everything back again. Um, I don't think a lot of the artists were available, like current artists. Like I was looking, it was like Macklemore and Ryan Lewis were out. I was like, where the fuck did they dig up Macklemore from? You know what I'm saying? It was like it was a weird conglomeration of guests across all the shows. I actually saw that performance and I didn't and I didn't hate it at all, actually. I'm sure it was fine, but it was just a weird pull, you know? What yeah, I'm and saying? this isn't like, a dig on the talent by any no, by any stretch of the imagination. It's just it was uh, just weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think Macklemore on New Year's is like Mariah Carey for 
December. That's what I've decided. Like his, this is the moment. Like that is the the Mariah Carey of all I want for Christmas is you. Is they like just once a month or once a year rather? They're like, we're gonna go get that guy. The what, is, the is, is, is is Macklemore a New Year's Eve tradition? I didn't know that. I feel like that song always resurfaces around the New Year because it's like. Mm. The beat and kind of like fresh starting and, and everybody loves it, but I don't know. It, it was funny. I was like, oh shit, Macklemore, yeah. <laughs> not, so, it wasn't it wasn't like I'm gonna pop some tags or like See that's what I would have been hoping pop, for, pop you know? I'm gonna you know this is this is fucking awesome. The song slaps. <laughs> Twenty dollars for a t shirt. <laughs> Um, hey, people don't realize like he was one of the first to do it without a label and that music video like fucking yeah. changed the industry a little bit but this isn't a boring music industry podcast this is a wrestling podcast fellas we're all over the place <laughs> like R. Kelly sheets he's still in jail isn't he I hope so I feel like he just <laughs> got there he better be lock him up like for t- life I had a terrible uh joke a long time ago it was like uh oh no like uh it was about a joke it was about a joke that i told that didn't go over well and then i'm like come on guys like r kelly shower like like r kelly showers that joke was golden like oh kevin <laughs> that was i grew up i grew up since then kate i grew up well and we found out more about r kelly since then i think is the bigger thing probably. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a good guy not a good guy at all not great not great um, so. let me ask a hypothetical question. If mm. you had a deal with the New Year's Rock and Eve and they were gonna show you propose to your fiance right after the ball drop, and your fiance said yes, would you celebrate by kissing with your masks on? Did no, you guys notice this? Weird. Did you see you didn't I take it you didn't see this? No. Well, first of all, the camera all right. cut away while the guy was proposing, which was fucking I don't know why you would cut away from that. Dude, the money's in the finish, Tony. The money's in the finish. Impact's production crew was doing this. <laughs> pretty much. But then they get up and they like they they didn't lift up their mask or anything. They just like went mask to mask. I was like, what the, really? You're gonna marry this woman. You can't kiss her now. Like And they're gonna bone later. Come on, let's go. They, they might have boned right there. Who knows? You know, it's in New York I'm, City. I'm going out on a limb that Uh-oh. they got to do that. And and it was put on TV, but they had to have the optic of, hey, we're all wearing masks. Look at these people making out. Meanwhile, everyone else <laughs> in the entire city, no mask. But for this moment, this yep. is one that people are going to care about. Guys, if you're going to do this, we'll let you do this. But you have Keep your masks on. With your mask this on. is the moment. This t-shirt costs $20. Hope that you know what you're getting. I have this is fucking awesome. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. I do not understand. So I guess they had like pods, which okay. they always do. They've had that since like September 11th. They've they've been putting people in pods. Like in pod. Them. Okay, yeah. And yeah. Pods of what? Weird. Like twenty thousand? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, right. pretty much. Just makes no sense to me. At Asian all. Joe's got a great line on New Year's Eve: pizza rolls, chips, candy, and Royal Rumble '92 <laughs> is all one needs. I mm. love the callback. Asian Joe fucking rules. Yeah. Asian, Asian Joe knows what he's talking about. He's the best. <laughs> I was thinking about like people in our community from this year specifically, because we've got a lot of OGs from your 10 years of podcasting, fellas. 
Asian Joe is such like a standout of this year of people that just fucking rule. <laughs> Imagine we did that, Tony. Imagine we did like the fan of the year award every year. Oh God. I think the last, what was it? The last fan of the year award we gave to uh, was Louis Ramos. Wasn't it? Oh my God. You know what I have to say about Asian Joe? Cause Kevin What's hates that? it when you steal gimmicks. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh, no. Kate, <laughs> right. if, if this is going to keep happening, you're ne- we just can't have you back. Yeah, I'm Kate, I don't I'm understand why. Fight club. See, I don't understand why you think it's okay to steal Kevin's gimmicks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not that Kevin stole that from a wrestler or anything, you know. No. RVD stole it from him, I heard. That's right. That's probably true. When we, when we saw him at Legends of the Ring that one time. <laughs> He's like, yo, can I get that? Kevin's like, no. And he's like, I'm taking Here, it anyway. Here's the thing, though. It, it was like 2006 or 2000, whatever the heck it was. I don't even remember. But whenever it was, like, he just didn't remember that he actually already did that. So he thought that I gave it to him. Kevin was it like back? like when somebody is like, you can use my finisher? You were like, you can use my my yeah. three-letter. <laughs> That's funny. I actually had a, I had a top five going about this particular topic, but I just couldn't close it out the way I wanted to. It was literally about using people currently on the roster, using other people's finishers and keeping it the same name as they used it. Ooh. That's a good one. It's a good one, but I I, I can have five after the break, but it just might be a little twangy, if you will. Unless you just want to, unless I can just give you what I had and we can talk about it. Kevin, Kevin's two things would be thought about it or, Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) All right, Try to think of what's in play that's still called. All right, Look, so man, I, I can think of two. I love my the initial. Top my initial thing was I wanted to, to do it at, with people that are still active, but then I, the number one would be off the list. So I think I could actually do it. So you know what? Let's put a let's put a pin in this, and I'll come mm-hmm. back with the top five in hour number two after we I talk like to our it. guest John Alba, who will be joining us at seven thirty uh, timestamp, talking about his new podcast with. The one and only Matt Hardy, who was so kind enough to give us a liner. Tony, that was a great liner. He will not die. Yeah. We've had that in the uh, in the uh, bank of Alba. liners for a while. Fucking Alba. All right, Kate. Is this, uh, this going to be a podcast of, of just you and him, like, reading your live tweets about each other? No. Oh, we'll probably talk sweet. about the wave for a good 40 minutes, though. <laughs> 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 He's so anti-wave. And the best part is I'm not even pro the wave. I just like pissing off people. Well, Kate, I'll tell you this. One time I went to a really boring surfing competition, so I had to start the wave. Kevin, even you're better than that. Nope. That's an old one that I just pulled. Nope. That's a a Facebook status circa like 2017. Kev, when was the blindfold match? That was WrestleMania 6 or 7? Which one? With Jake and... um, 7. Okay. They started the wave during that during that match. I thought it was highly disrespectful. Yeah, but no, because I love that match. That that that's a, like a low key like favorite of mine. Love so the the meeting ground comes in on that. There's a time to not do the wave, and there's a time to do the wave, right? So that's where I agree with Alba. But like, I don't know. I'm the biggest baseball fan in the world, and some games get really fucking boring. Okay, so. <laughs> So, so just so we all know, and we could talk to Alba about this, but just so I'm in the loop, I do remember something about this on the social media. But what, um, what was his stance on the wave, and then what was yours? Staunchly anti-wave. 
but for what is. for what purpose? Was it disrespectful to the game? That whole thing. Um, I mean, he just really hates everything about the way we can get into it when he's on here, as I'm sure it's the most pressing right. thing so, yeah. that we'll have to talk about. But uh, it, most of it, and actually, Matt, who I'm filling in for, it's good because I can introduce the counterpoint, has the same issue of like, it's disrespectful to the game, yes, but like that people do it at inappropriate times is like the biggest pet peeve. And that I actually fully agree with. Like, you can't be doing it during like great matches. You can't be doing it during like a two one pitchers duel when there's a runner on second. Like you gotta you gotta pick your spots for the wave. That I agree with. A All wave right. in between innings, who gives a fuck? Like who who woo. determines who who's better than the fans to determine when it's appropriate to do the wave? They're there. Um, yeah, but people are idiots. <laughs> No, but there are. I mean, I guess I guess that kills any argument you could have. (laughs) That's true, but there are people who, I think, especially because I'm a I'm a baseball gal. Like, there's so many people that go to baseball that don't actually care about baseball. That's true. So it's like there's a a lot of people that are like, I don't really care about baseball, but like some time in the sun and beer with my friends, and it's a twenty dollar ticket or whatever. Like, so I think a lot of people start the wave ill timed then. Yeah, Um, and. And I'll, I'll just to piggyback on that. I, w- I was going to say that you're probably in the, mi- I didn't, you're in the minority of people that actually go to watch the baseball, but I think that's disrespectful to baseball fans. I don't think that's a hundred percent true, but when I go to baseball games, like I always try to gear myself. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm not the biggest baseball fan in the world, but I'm going to go, I'm going to watch this game. Then like yeah. three, three or four innings in, I'm just like, all right. Like I'm ready for I mean, I'll watch. Yeah. Like, but I'm smart enough to understand situations of the game, like where people are on the bases and like what an at bat means. Like I'm smart enough to get like what an at bat means to something when people are, are where, positional and where they are. But so I think it's probably split 50 50, maybe, maybe 60 40 baseball fans, 40%. Jabones. I would say on a day game too, you're bound to find more people that are casual about it because they're like, let's go hang out. A lot of people bringing kids or whatever. Yeah. So I feel like there's also a difference in that, but I'm not even that pro the wave. I just like to annoy John Alba about things. Oh, well, we'll certainly bring that up. Just like I do you. That's right. <laughs> it's gotten me far, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, are, what were we talking about before we got to the wave? Oh, the top five, which I told you guys to put a pin in. That's right. Yep. I stuck the so, pin right there. So there it is. Put the pin in that. There is boy. some some love going on in the chat, Ryan, saying that white Ryan loves Asian Joe, which that I just appreciate so much. <laughs> there you go. <sighs> Beautiful. Uh, it's a lovely thing. The chat the chat's been pretty awesome. Everybody's been been, you know, very funny and, and insightful and annoying at the same time. But we love them all. That's a cute way of saying Kate's annoying when she's in the chat. That's not true. That's I not true. Know. Well, and when I am, it's very much on purpose. I think you know that by now. Kevin, I will volley to you. Do you have anything we can cover in eight minutes before our guest arrives? It's a great question, man. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually legit like pondering it just because, I mean, we have picks from New Japan. Uh, we could talk AEW. Uh, we could talk. I would like to know more about this Tony Khan situation that apparently was 
brewing that kind of flew under my radar. We might need more than eight minutes for that. I know Kate's uh, had some tete-a-tetes with people on social media over that one. But, uh... Oh, is this the, okay, is this, uh, the Big Swole? Yeah. Big... yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we can talk about in now, like, six minutes, um, AEW Rampage, the women's match, was, like, a busted hardcore match, which was Yo. pretty cool. So I'm and gl- also Hook continues to be really good and Bowens nah. is the shit. Let's <laughs> nah, stop. Stop. stop with the Hook talk. Even though I don't hate Hook. What? Only because I really want to dive into that women's tag team match, which I rewatched yeah, no, today. It was like sloppy, but it was a street fight, so it was supposed to be kind of. But they gotta stop using these new Japan tables that never break over. The only only sloppy thing I noticed, which isn't sloppy because it was very difficult to do, is when it was the moonsaults onto the table from the outside. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's not necessarily sloppy. It's just a. It's just difficult for someone, and I don't know who that was. Um, Penelope. Penelope. It was Penelope. It was was me. Okay. Okay. It was me. That's why I remember. <laughs> so I mean, that, that's it's difficult, but it was sloppy. But it also was kind of like one of those accidental cool things, like happened with Becky, where like a botch made a really cool moment, like how Nia split open Becky's face. Like Tay Conti looked fucking awesome with like blood running down her face. <laughs> and it was I. Now, it's now, a street fight. Like, it, let's fucking was, go. Was the table? <laughs> Was the table that did not break in that spot? That wasn't the same table with the pile driver, was it? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think so it was either. a different one. I don't yeah, think. I, yeah, the pile driver one wasn't like that close to the apron. I don't think. And if I'm not, if I'm not like crazy, because I literally watched this today. I was back at work for the first time, and I had a little uh, time to to watch. I'm pretty sure like it was like a black table that that didn't break, and it was like a, a regular wooden table that was. Uh, Used for the pile drive. I thought it would be cool if they like, if it didn't break, and you could still use it for something else. Maybe they did. I don't know. But uh, I, I, Kate, I love this match. This match was like, I think this match was like the true definition of like what it was meant to be. Because this is like a real long running story for these four. Too women. long. Too long. Yeah. Like yeah, they... maybe maybe too too long. But if you're not super familiar with them. Like, but you still know that, like, I don't still, I don't know why they all hate each other. I just know that they hate each other. So, like, I know it it deserved this kind of blow off. And I think the four of them have been, I think Taya and, and, uh, Anna Jay are tremendous together. And Penelope, oh, but the, yeah, and the bunny and, uh, and, uh, Penelope, not, I don't think they connect as well as the other two. I think Anna Jay and, and Taya should be like bonded for life in some capacity. Anna, I, Anna, 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 whoa, deathmatch, Anna, whoa. What, it's not um, Anna, but I say, is it not Anna? No, John, John Silver calls her Anna. Anna, yeah. Anna, Anna. Anna. Uh, no, okay. um, I agree with you, and that makes sense, because they've, I think, just been working together longer, and I think both of them overall are just a little better in the ring, but, um, you know, Bunny kind of, like, has grown on me. Her, her in-ring work, I think, has improved a lot. But she kind of reminds me of Carmella a little bit where you're like, maybe you're not the best in the ring, but like you're serviceable enough. And like sometimes just hysterical, like this, this Carmella run isn't the, my favorite, but like Carmella can be really fucking funny in the ring. Like her facial expressions and the way she's yelling, like Bunny does the the same to me for that. Like it, it's, uh, they, she, she's really come a long way in her in-ring storytelling, I feel like in that regard. Yeah, and and I think that 
I haven't seen enough of her wrestling in AEW. I mean, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. I don't fucking know. But I watched her a lot in 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 Impact, and I thought she was awesome in in TNA and Impact. In the ring, out of the ring, character wise, the demonic bunny, her stuff with uh, Rosemary was awesome. So I don't know if I'm shortchanging her, but all I know is that it takes a moment like this to finally like get people to like believe in you. Like even even when they may or may not have should have like been believing in you the entire time. Well, uh, and to you know, your point, like the vagueness of the feud didn't help, and like when it's this long and not that well justified, and they're making great strides in the women's division. So I I don't want to harp on it too much because I am overwhelmingly negative. <laughs> um, but like they went into Tay's solo feud with Brit and then just came back to this. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. Like, they've been so inconsistent with the story that to have a blow-off that was like, all right, even though we didn't give you a really good explanation as to why, we've driven home that these people fucking hate each other and they're now going yeah. to have a blow-off like this. Like, you're you're 100% on with that of like, okay, I don't even need to know why as much because it's just very clear that these people hate and, each other. And I know we're going to be joined by our guests in just a couple of minutes, but just to tie a bow on this, I think it's also good because I think that plays into you might hate this person and you might want to beat the crap out of this person, but you're still worthy of this title shot. Do you want this title shot? Yeah, of course I'll take this title shot. Like I, I'll always hate her. Like, she'll, like I'm, yeah. I'm never going to not like, I mean, it's wrestling, so that could change tomorrow, but you know, like, but yeah, time, like it's, uh, I, I have a visceral hatred, much like John Alba has toward the wave, oh a, a visceral hatred toward each other. Now he hasn't even I'm joined so... us yet, and you're already talking shit. I can't. Oh, I can't. You. I can't see. So when Kevin said he'll be joining us in a couple of minutes, I thought that was like a, he's here. Can, he can hear <laughs> us, though, can he? He can I'm hear sure. us. Oh yeah, yeah he, he can, can hear us. He knows. He knows what's going on. Well, not only can he hear us, but he can actually, <laughs> oh, uh, you know, it. chime in at this point. Uh, oh, she left. I love it. I love it. She's gone. <laughs> Hi, John. Makes my life a lot easier. I had, I agreed to an appearance here. I waived my booking fee to appear on the Shining Wizards, and yet no one decided to give me the Iggy that Kate Hensler was going to be uh, hosting and presenting and bothering me. What was it that you did to your booking fee? All right, so, so, so John, this, this all came. This all came about last minute. Uh, she, Kate, is our essentially are the fourth member of this she's podcast. the Miguel Cairo of this team I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's like a very niche early 2000s baseball joke if anybody gets it so oh we, get, we were actually just talking about the, the niche baseball and all right so let me ask you this so I know what? you don't talk about wrestling on this show so yeah <laughs> no you have to watch wrestling to talk about wrestling true so uh, so, what what would you say in a in a packed say a packed a packed Yankee Stadium? Why is that not a banner? I don't know. Sorry, what would ahead. you say sure. would be the percentage of casual baseball fans and passionate baseball fans in a in a packed Yankee Stadium? Right, so maybe Yankee Stadium was a terrible a terrible. I was gonna say I haven't seen this new stadium packed ever, so I don't I don't, I don't know the old <laughs> for the stadium sake, for the sake of, for the sake of percentages. I mean, the old stadium had a great atmosphere. The new stadium. Outside of like 2017, a little of 2018, there really wasn't a whole lot going on there. The, the problem is the, the the Yankees have outpriced their 
blue collar fan that made so much of that Yankee fan base during that dynasty era. And they've uh, outpriced them. And then well, I think that's a baseball wide problem. Okay. But, but especially with the Yankees and I don't think the Yankees are putting forth a product right now. Sure. They're making the playoffs, but they're barely making the playoffs. I don't think it's a product that the casual person wants to invest a ton of money to go see. And why should they, especially when you can watch it at home and not have to deal with traffic. Like at this point in my life, I'm approaching 30. I very much have reached the age of. Old man much, over here. All right. Yeah. Very, <laughs> no, no, no. But like, like, and this is my point here that I'm not that old, but I very much have reached the point in my life of let's try to beat the traffic. So like, <laughs> like, so like, you know, the incentive isn't super high to pay a ton of money to see things. So I think as far as like percentages, like I'd say the diehards are a very small percentage of any Yankee game at this point. Alba, who is on your top poster behind you? Because I think I had the same one. <laughs> yeah. So these posters behind me, the white one, that's the 98 Yankees. Okay. And then the one above that are the 99 Yankees. I had I something. One. I'm in the process of. I'm in a temporary home studio now, also known as my childhood basement or bedroom, rather. And um, I'm in the process of kind of trying to set it up for wrestling stuff. But I took some stuff down. I had from the. I think it was the Daily News from 1998. They did a cartoonized version of every single player on the 98 Yankees on a newspaper rollout. And I just took that down. It's over there somewhere. But yeah, it was back there and got a lot of stuff. I got uh, a Ken Danico. I was at Ken Danico night when the Devils retired his jersey. And, you know, they have the banners that they hang up in the rafters. And I, um, <laughs> they gave me, they gave, they gave away to anyone who's in attendance, like miniature versions of the banners. So I stuck it out in my ceiling with a, a thumbtack back in like 2004. And it's still hanging up there. It hasn't been touched since. So it's. I got, I got some pretty full memorabilia around here. I had my childhood bedroom was God bless my parents. Fucking lime green, dude. Mm. Like electric lime green. I thought it was so cool. They had to put like four coats of primer on it before they could even paint it when they tried to sell the house. God bless them. But my, the wall that like my dresser was on was just the same, like coated and mm. all of those. We unfortunately lost a bunch of them in a flood, which sucks. But like, I have pictures of it and I'm like, I remember that one. I remember that one. And I'm pretty sure your 99 poster was, was one of the ones I had, but yeah, no, I got a lot of cool stuff here. It's above me right there. I got a 98 world series, uh, pennant, which is kind of cool. 98 team, bro. Some good stuff. If, I mean, if we're just throwing wrestling at the window at this point, I got we'll get there. I've got 139 scenarios to test your baseball rules knowledge right here. This book oh. probably hasn't been open in 15 years. I just got yeah, a lot just, put, just put just put uh, that in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good stuff here. So you mentioned the the Danico poster. Uh, I'm wearing a, I actually had a it was between the Seton Hall and the Devil's hoodie to wear tonight. The last time, actually the first time we met you or myself yeah. and Matt met you. You were wearing yeah, the Prudential Center. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, will we be seeing you this Wednesday at Dynamite or no? Uh, to be determined. I actually, 
I, I have a ticket, but I'm going to Newark earlier in the day to record episode two of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy with Matt in person. So, <laughs> how is that for? No, it's well. All right, so we, it's normally for when somebody drops a name, but yeah. you, like, but you have the reason to drop the name. Yeah, it's literally like, part of. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really why what you're here. It's just wrestling. It's and you I was, a look, if you want me to start it. dropping names, I'll start dropping names. Oh, just going to text and so and so at AEW. So, so I could just literally, thank goodness, he called right before WWE's top PR guy called me two seconds before this. There you go. See, that, that, that was me serving you up. No, um, no I, I was going to be the segue. That was going to be the segue. He's normally it's for dropping names, but he's here for the sure. actual yes. reason. And that is uh, the new Matt Hardy podcast. Uh, uh, the extreme life of Matt Hardy. So let's get right into it. Dive deep dive right into it. You're doing a, a lot of press for the show, yes. a lot of podcasts. Um, we'll get into the podcast in a second, but I just want to know how important is it to you to get onto every possible platform you can, no matter how big or how small an audience, uh, because some of the biggest advice I've ever gotten was don't ever turn down an appearance. Cause you never know who can hear you and what you can do or what they can do for you at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think what I do, because I, I do get a lot of people reach out asking to do interviews and stuff, and that's cool, and I love paying it forward, because at some point, you know, I was that 18-year-old kid, 19-year-old kid who was begging people to come on and do stuff with him. I vet everything that I do before I say yes, just to make sure that, you know, you're you're doing it with a quality person, you're not being set up, you're not doing any of that, but outside as long as they pass the eye right. test then then yeah absolutely 100 percent. And, and you still got set up today brother. no i know i well i got duped <laughs> I, I got straight up duped here that's that's the thing um i i got straight up duped here but no i i mean it's important and i i'm a big proponent of that of paying it forward to people because i think that's super gratifying as someone in my position it's very gratifying to be able to pay it forward and i know that when I, cause I've known what I want to do with my life since I was five years old. And I started doing online live sports talk radio predating podcasts when I was in like seventh grade, eighth grade, whatever. And God, I'd shoot my shot with anybody who I possibly could to see if they'd come on and talk with me. And it was like awful. Like I was terrible at it, but <laughs> you, you, you do it cause you get the reps. So if I can help someone get their reps and, and try to be constructive and, and, be of any assistance a hundred percent and then I, I like just talking about my show this is the coolest freaking show that is going to be out there and I, I mean we taped episode one yesterday and I, i'm i can't wait until you guys hear how cool this podcast is and it's not the extreme life of zach and cody it's the extreme life of matt hardy <laughs> as someone pointed out to me. was he like i think did we I didn't even talk to him but i've had many people say it so <laughs> Was he like, I think we um, talked about this, that the Hardy Boys were like two of your guys growing up. Is like, what's that piece of it like to get to be here as an adult? Because I talk about it all the time. I was 21 when I got into wrestling. I don't have like the childhood right. memories, but I cried when I met Thunder Rosa like a baby. So like, what's that like to have that moment of like the Hardys who you watched growing up and that you were like genuinely super into to like yeah. come come to this point, man? It is the absolute coolest feeling in the world. I, I loved, there There were like four people that were my guys back then. 
The Rock, because everyone loved The Rock who didn't love The Rock. I loved Kurt Angle and the Hardy Boys. So while everyone's at school with their Austin 316 shirts and their Road Dog shirts, New Age Outlaws, I'm out there rocking neon green and purple and wanting to jump off 20-foot ladders. And probably I did crack my head open one time trying to do a Swanton Bomb. That was fun. And, and um, But, but I, more on the micro level, Matt Hardy was the one I resonated with. It wasn't Jeff, and it was nothing against Jeff. I love Jeff. But it was Matt Hardy. I always felt like Matt Hardy was the secret sauce of the Hardy Boys. He just, there was something about him that tied it all together. Jeff was the sizzle. Matt was the steak. Yeah. So I really liked that about them. And as Matt's career unfolded, we saw him overcome adversity. We saw him overcome hardships. We saw him reinvent. And at the heart, character development and storytelling is the bread and butter of what I do and what I focus on. So when I was coming up with ideas for podcasts, Matt Hardy was the guy right from the onslaught. I was like, this is the guy who's going to have so much to offer. Yeah. And let me, let me cut you off real, real quick right there. Cause you mentioned vetting processes when you want to do podcasts. Was there any sort of vetting process knowing absolutely nothing about your relationship with Matt Hardy? If one existed before, or if one, ex- right. or obviously one exists now, was there a vetting process between him and yourself did you go to him with this or did he yeah did he what did he want to provide this platform and he like interviewed no. or what, like how was that what was so, that like so i i want to say i had the idea pop into my head about three years ago that i was like this is something that i think would be a great podcast you know just as around the time conrad is starting shows with jr and bischoff and i'm like you know who would have such a great one matt hardy this guy has been everywhere he's had so many different iterations of his character. There's so much that he can bring to the table on a podcast, and it would be different. And I just kind of kept it in the back of my head because I didn't really have the platform at the time. So once I signed with Conrad, you know, that gives you a little bit of street cred, right? So <laughs> uh, Matt had followed me on Twitter last summer, and we explained, we, we exchanged pleasantries. We have some mutual friends. And then once I signed with Conrad, I waited a couple weeks and I was like, okay, I think this time I'm going to pitch him. So I just slid into his DMs as one does. And I said, Matt, I got an idea. And I know that you're always about reinventing and being ahead of the curve. Cause that's the thing that appeals to me about Matt. He's always ahead of the curve. He's always been ahead of internet trends. He's always been ahead of all that stuff. I'm like, I have an idea that I think can really change the way that pro wrestling podcasting is done you just got to give me a call and all i need is five minutes of your time so i went three weeks without hearing from him and then uh i got a phone call and said hardy comma matt i was like oh shit okay (laughs) and within five minutes of talking i knew that we were we were going to be set and then before an episode of dynamite in orlando whenever that was was that like october 23rd or something like that um he and i got lunch we were supposed to only grab lunch for like about an hour and we were there for like two and a half hours and we just banged out a year's worth of shows there and we were off to the races so in a world where there's podcasts about professional wrestling everywhere obviously you pitched him about something completely different and you think you could have a great idea how hard is it to sell a guy who's literally done everything in professional wrestling to come do a podcast when he's not quite sure I mean, he's Matt Hardy. I get it. He's him and the, him and his brother, are the most popular tag team of all time. You understand? Mm-hmm. But you said it took five minutes. Was there any 
specific detail of that pitch that sold him other than yeah. you know we can do it differently is question. there mm-hmm. yeah no there was and and i think that's my biggest piece of advice too for anyone who is looking to get into the podcast game you have to do something different and you have to because the market is so saturated right now so you have to do something different so my pitch to him was you know right now nostalgia podcasts are huge and that's awesome conrad has killed that market it's incredible but what if we had a nostalgia podcast that wasn't afraid to connect to the present connecting the past to the present talking about the influences that these events from the past have on wrestling as it is today and also being willing to break down the nuances of storytelling, character development, and overcoming adversity. Because while many of these other podcasts have no issues going into these things that happened in the past, A, many are afraid to talk about things that are going on right now. B, for a lot of people in wrestling, the fourth wall still exists. Kayfabe is still something that they don't want to cross. Matt Hardy's willing to. Matt Hardy's willing to tell you how a pro wrestling match is put together. Matt Hardy's willing to tell you how the No Mercy ladder match was psychologically pieced by piece from point A to point B. And that's going to make a difference. And he's going to educate. Whether you're a fan or whether you're a current worker or a future worker, I promise you, and I like this is like my biggest swear, and I'm going to say this in every episode, you will learn something about pro wrestling in every single episode and we taped episode one and i have no doubt that people are going to learn stuff is this something that's going to be in seasons or are you just going to release it weekly until week to week (laughs) very cool and i'll tell you guys this now uh i think this might be the first place i'm i'm saying this so here you go you got a little exclusive okay um just to give proof that i'm not bsing you here that we're willing to talk about the present episode two is going to be about hangman adam page so uh a total i mean breaking right into AEW ground we're going to talk about how matt helped bring hangman up through the scene because they actually have a lot of ties and he played a pretty instrumental role in getting hangman hot with the dark order this past year so we're going to take you from the backwoods of north carolina all the way to full gear where hangman page became the world champion so i'm really excited for that I know. I'm oh, sorry, you, Tony. Go ahead. You talked about planning out, you know, a hundred episodes when you first got together with Matt. Will we be getting uh, Matt's reign as probably the greatest form of ECW, the WWE CW? You has bet your ECW ass champion. we're getting a WWE CW episode. We have already talked about that. I don't know <laughs> when that's going to happen, but it is going to happen, hundred percent. I guarantee you. Mind. I'll making a guarantee right here, right now. I mean, I don't know what your other topics are. Hangman Adam Page is a pretty good one. This will be your highest rated downloaded. (laughs) My gut tells me episode one where we're talking the No Mercy ladder match with Jeff Hardy, who, by the way, just happened to show up without me even knowing. Uh, I think that's probably going to be a pretty. What is what was that like? What did that do to you when Jeff Hardy walks in the room and you're not expecting it? So I did all my preparation, assuming it was just going to be Matt and I. You're a prepared guy. I know this much about. Well, well, the thing is, so you know, Ian Eagle, world famous broadcaster, is my mentor, and what I learned from him is pre-production is production, and that's like the most valuable lesson that I think any broadcaster can take with them. Pre-production is production. The more prepared you are, you're set. 
I never, ever, ever, ever pre-prepare interview questions for any interview I do, because I think an interview needs to be a conversation. I don't think an interview should ever be, I got to hit this question, then this question, then this question. But I had eight pages of notes of stuff ready for Matt. And we're about to start. And he goes, oh, by the way, I might need to get the door at some point during this. I'm like, okay, no problem. And then we we finish teeing up the match because every every episode, if we're talking about a match, is going to have a match breakdown where we literally point by point go through the match and the psychology be- between each spot. And he's like, hold on, I got to get something. In steps Jeff freaking Hardy. And he's like, you cool if Jeff like talks about the match with us? I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool. Like that's that's awesome. So thankfully in my preparation, I had mentioned specific spots in the match that were specific to Jeff. So I had Jeff there to bounce stuff off of. And I'm not BSing you when I say this. The 45 minutes that Jeff Hardy is on this episode is some of the finest 45 minutes in the history of pro wrestling podcasting because it is just two of the most creative smart daredevil minds in the history of wrestling breaking down an iconic match and for those of you who watch it on video because it'll be available on matt's youtube channel you will see the pure joy in jeff's face as he's talking about this and reliving this match and that was the coolest thing in the world for me so i think actually when i was in when i was in high school i was in a it was a tv journalism class Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure like everyone like wrestling wasn't cool like people like all the athletes like watched it but like you didn't wear wrestling shirts unless you, sure. unless you were Kevin Garifo and uh so like I remember I think I actually finally I mean, you can you can hit the bell for me for saying I an eagle too go ahead okay sorry Kevin go ahead continue no and I'm pretty sure I brought this match in for them and they finally like I, I try to pitch like wrestling articles for the newspaper try to pitch wrestling articles for the tv station mm-hmm. and uh, and all this stuff and i think this is the match that i brought in i'm like listen even if you're not a wrestling fan you're gonna want to watch this match and you'll have a new appreciation mm-hmm. for wrestling and while you know it wasn't 100 right enjoyed it was uh it, my, the teacher appreciated that i was so passionate about it and if and that was a class of 20 people. Your audience is going to be 10 times more massive. So having this match and having Matt and Jeff, yeah, by, maybe by five or six, you know, people. Um, so having having Matt and Jeff break this down has got to be, I, I'm looking forward to it. So it's got to mean the world to you. What I appreciated so much too was Matt put so much effort into this. And I was not expecting that. I'm so used to working some of these shows where the guys just kind of show up and I do all the research and they, Matt reached out to Edge, Christian, Jeff, and was like picking their brains on like, hey, do you remember this? Do you remember this? Do you remember that? And we go into their payday, what their payday was for this match, which oh. is going to blow your mind what their payday was. And I'm not going to spoil it. And I, but... think, and, and I think this is the first time that I've ever seen someone, if, uh, if this is the, not the match, I'm going to be such a jerk. When Jeff Hardy's on the top and he does the leapfrog, the leapfrog, yes, the, the leapfrog ladder to the leg drop. Well, yeah. it's not just that spot. Yeah. Almost every spot in this match is done for the first time ever. Right. So that's why this is such a huge match. There's the leapfrog spot. It's the first time we ever see the seesaw spot with the yeah. ladder where it gets you know sprung up into faces. Um, and Joey Mercury destroyed his face on that. Um, yeah, there's, there's, and you're going to hear the story of who came up with the seesaw spot, which it's none of the four people in the match. So I'm excited to uh, get into that. And, and I, pretty and amazing. I, 
I, I just remember I just remember that spot being the reason why I think that non wrestling fans will like it because it's something I've never seen before. No. So if it's something I've never seen before, like like and it like these people will gonna love it. They'll think it's more like you know, Cirque du Soleil, where I, I know it's wrestling, but it's something I've never seen before in wrestling. This is going to be something amazing for them to watch. The leapfrog spot, when we start talking about that, it's, uh, man, I, I'm just, and I'm not saying this just to, like, promote my podcast. It, it, we had our producer who was with us as we were recording this. And to be transparent, we actually had some recording difficulties in the beginning because Matt lives in the backwoods of North Carolina and internet <laughs> connection is not very good. So in the first half of the episode, it gets a little rough at sometimes. But when Jeff popped in, it was like the heavens opened up and everything just worked. And my producer texted me while we're doing this and he's like, this is unbelievable content. And I'm so excited for people here because Matt is so transparent. He, he's so open and honest. There's And, and listen... We all love those nostalgic podcasts. We love Bruce Pritchard. We love uh, Eric Bischoff and all that stuff. They're so entertaining, and I love they are the reason that I'm doing this. But you know when those guys are kind of hamming it up a little bit and all that. You're not going to have that with this. Uh, Matt is so transparent. And transparency in wrestling, Kate, you know this. It's not easy to come by. So, no, not so at all. When you have that, especially from an active talent in a major organization like Matt Hardy. So... Yeah, and I also, I asked Jeff how he's doing too, so you'll hear what he's got to say, and that's good too. When you, you talked about, and I think about this with Jericho all the time, <clears throat> I feel like so much of their ability to stay relevant in today's wrestling landscape, whatever you want to call it, is that reinvention piece. Yeah, And like, I feel like that's so important. I remember Jericho saying, he didn't really like get Orange Cassidy kind of until their feud. And then he was able to like grasp why people loved him, but the willingness to go along with that anyway, because the crowd was into yeah. it was like such a key part. What was that like sitting down with Matt? Like, do you, does, does that check out with you that part of his ability to stay relevant for so long has been his creativity and his ability to reinvent himself like that? Well, that was my pitch to him. My pitch to him was like, man, you are a serial reinventor, which means we have so much that we can talk about. There's there's so much meat to the bone here that we can dig into. And what I appreciate so much is that he's willing to talk about his struggles. He's willing to talk about addiction and he's willing to talk about overcoming adversity like that, which is going to be those are going to be the best episodes, truthfully. So I'm really looking forward to delving into that but the reinvention is is a huge element of matt's career I, that is what makes him matt hardy right so you'll hear stories about how he planned these reinventions you'll hear stories how he didn't plan these reinventions and i'm not going to tell you the specific story because i'm going to wait for you guys to hear it on episode two but the big money matt character is based off something very close and personal to him and he wasn't even supposed to be the guy thrust into that position with hangman page for their feud. There was supposed to be somebody else who it was going to be for, and you'll find out who that was going to be. And it's just because he's so adaptable. He's able to be like, I can reinvent into this and slide right in. So yeah. It's, and it's funny. Cause I feel like the older we get, I feel like the term reinvention gets thrown around a whole lot more looser than it really should be. I mean, you have your obvious ones. Your Chris Jericho's obviously com completely reinvents himself. Matt Hardy literally transitioned from returning to AEW as you know broken, broken mm -hmm. and then 
out of, seemingly out of nowhere, I'm sure there was a little bit more story than I'm remembering, but seemingly out of nowhere, all of a sudden, boom, big money Matt. And no one, and no one seemed to, to, to care. Cause like now he's tutoring private party. He's got butcher. He's got blade. He's got all these guys that we know from watching small promotions, but now he's leaning that way. Does he delve into how his role is now with those guys, not on camera? Yeah, I mean, we haven't taped episode two yet. We're going to, but I imagine that that will come up, no doubt about that. And you'll kind of hear the genesis of Big Money Matt and where that comes into play. And there will be more episodes in the future on Big Money Matt. And what I love so much about this podcast is that Matt's career is not done. There's still more stuff to be written that we'll be able to touch down the line, you know? And I can't stress this enough. It's so important to me to get this point across this is not just a nostalgia podcast. It's yeah. using the concept of nostalgia, but connecting everything to how it has influenced wrestling today. I genuinely believe Matt is one of the most influential wrestlers in the history of the industry. Between he and Jeff, everything that they've done separately and together, they have changed the industry. And in Matt's case, multiple times as a hardcore act, as the broken character that led to cinematic uh, uh, wrestling so many different times throughout this matt was one of the first wrestlers to embrace twitter and social media like people things we don't even think about matt was one of those guys that was so far ahead of the curve that's why this podcast is going to have legs and of course you're on the line now with uh john alba host of uh the new podcast starring matt hardy debuts january 7th on uh the pod heat network and of course new episodes drop every friday um let me just go back to to what you mentioned about. Um, oh my god, I just lost my train of thought with that plug. Of um, you okay, that's okay. Uh, I'll interrupt you because I have a no, question. no. I got it. I got it. I got it. Go quick. Oh wait, no, wait. No, I, I got, got one too. Wait, 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 wait. Tony's been shafted here. Tony has been. Tony's shafted. always shafted on interviews. I'm fine. Tony, I'll just ring the bell. <laughs> um, so this idea that you had about connecting the tissue between nostalgia and current wrestling is you said it's three years in the making, but an idea like that seems like it's way more than just three years for something, for something like this. Where, what was the impetus of this idea? Because it's something that you said is different. Was the idea, I, I got to think of something different. So this came, or was this the idea that you had first? Oh, and by the way, it's different. Well, the, the idea was what would a Matt Hardy podcast sound like? That was where it kind of all started from. And I said, just like straight up, Oh, him talking about past events would be really cool. But when you have so many of these come up and keep in mind, so this was 2018, I come up with this. There's not a ton of them, but they're growing and growing and growing. And Conrad's got some other people have some. So how can you make it different? Because the key to success in broadcasting is how can you be different? And that was what immediately appealed to Matt. So I just was trying to formulate ideas and like, you know, producing content is kind of what I do for a living. That's, you know, I, I have a TV background where I produce TV at the national level. I produce it at the local level, at the regional level. So when you're someone who has to constantly cultivate ideas and, and come up with stuff, your brain just kind of thinks a certain way. So I would see something on TV and I'd be like, okay, how can we adapt that and make it this way? How can we do that and do it this way? That's kind of, if you're a content creator, you you have to think like that. And I I mean, I can't go into specifics right now, but I have another podcast that I'm going to be launching soon that is also very much uh, 
I mean, Kate kind of knows about it, but uh, without going into specific details, it's extremely different. different, extremely yeah. different. So that's just kind of what you have to do. All right. What do we got here? This question. Yeah. This Asian there? Joe asked, other than Matt Hardy, is there any other wrestler that you would have wanted to do this kind of show with? Like do a podcast with, or do this specific show with? Cause like this I think specific yeah. show, this is Matt Hardy. And like, like that was, I, I made this concept for Matt Hardy specifically. Are there other wrestlers that I would love to do shows with? Yes. hundred percent. I spent months trying to pitch one recently released. I won't say who, but one recently released WWE talent from this past summer's group about just like being ahead of the new era of wrestling and like how can wrestling uh constantly adapt and like get into psychology and all that and they they weren't feeling it and that's cool like you're going to get rejected by people and there were tons of other people I'd love to work with I would love to have more cracks at hosting the Kurt Angle show. I had such a blast hosting the Kurt Angle show. Kurt was one of my guys too. So just getting to talk to him on the episode that I hosted of that. So there's, there's definitely a few, but for me, Matt was, that was it. It was Matt Hardy. With Matt's like when we've talked about his reinvention, but one thing that I think is lost in that conversation is the versatility of being a tag wrestler, a singles wrestler, mm-hmm. now leading a stable. Is that something that you you plan on delving into as, yeah. as episodes go on? Like the differentiation between all those different types of storytelling within this form of storytelling? 100%. Awesome. And that's, that's huge to the reinvention of being able to do it all in different ways, right? So the stories that they tell in this first episode about this tag team ladder match those life experiences are going to be different than him in episode two, talking about working against hangman page and ring of honor in 2013 as a singles act. So that's what will be so great about the show. Cause every episode will be so different. And I've thought about doing certain things linear, but I think that will kind of lose some of the unpredictability of the show that, you really don't know what we're going to talk about on any given week because we are hopping from the match that launched the Hardy Boys career to a match that we saw within the last year that was just yeah. important to Matt. And then I, I we haven't formalized specifically the next view, but I imagine at some point in the next month, we're going to talk about Omega Pro Wrestling, which is the promotion that the Hardy Boys started in North Carolina in the mid-90s. So... We're going to go back and forth between all this stuff. And you're going to hear all these different characters come out through that. Two-parter for you. And then I'll let Kevin, who is chomping at the bit. I got, I, like he said, you don't prepare questions, but every answer just creates I know. more questions. <laughs> well, that's, that's what good inter- – and I want to – this is a great point to make, actually. A great interviewer – and I don't you ever think I'm calling you a great interviewer. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> well – Hensler knows I'm definitely not talking to her, but um, what I'm saying is great interviewers, they ask follow-up questions based off of what what the person responds. So for anyone who's out there listening, a little journalism piece of advice there, follow-ups, follow-ups, follow-ups. So go ahead, Kate Hensler, follow up on what you were going to say. So enough about Matt Hardy. I want to know about John Alba 
um, and a little bit with Matt Hardy too. How like were you just very confident in the concept, so you didn't really have nerves, or were you still like, oh my god, this is Matt Hardy, my palms are sweaty, like holy cow? And when you're putting the show together. It sounds like you had a really fleshed out concept, but it also sounds like he wanted to have a lot of input. So what does that barter look like as mm -hmm. far as putting episodes together? Is it he's like, these are the things I want to focus on. These are the matches I want to focus on. Or are you like, I want to hit X, Y, and Z. And he's right. like, let's take it to here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, I wasn't nervous about talking to Matt Hardy or anything like that. I, I think when you do what I've been doing for as long as I've been doing, you know, in NFL locker rooms, in NBA locker rooms, that stuff kind of wears off on you. You don't, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen things in NFL locker rooms. I've seen parts <laughs> of human beings, of very prominent <laughs> human beings, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the all time uh, winning a Super Bowl champion quarterback. And uh, you, when you see those things, nothing really phases you. So reaching out to Matt didn't bother me, but for my personal reasons, I really wanted this project to happen. And, for him too, this is such, for me, this is like the ultimate way that Matt can give back to wrestling and help educate people. So I really wanted it and he was so down. And what has been so awesome is in these last three, four months, I've really gotten to know Matt at a personal level. And this guy that I grew up watching on TV as a little kid, he's now like someone that I would call a close friend. And I've, he trusts me entirely to come up with everything for the show throughout the week. I pitch ideas to him. I bounce it off to him. He says, yes, I can talk about that. No, nah, I don't know if I have that much to go off here. And it's been incredibly collaborative. And he texted me something just so nice yesterday and complimentary that I'm going to save for the rest of my life that it, it meant so much to me. And yeah man it's it's been nothing but awesome so far that rule what's your experience been like uh working with limitless limitless wrestling easy for me to say you're unbanned damn it <laughs> well i love i love working on the indies i love working on the indies and limitless is kind of my home promotion and i genuinely believe that limitless is one of the top promotions in the country. I, I really think it's got some of the best wrestling in the world, quite frankly, at the independent level. Uh, had, in my opinion, the indie match of the year this past year with J.D. Drake and Daniel Garcia. And then just this past week at Restival, um, J.D. Drake and Alec Price. Again, yeah. Alec, Alec Price is unbelievable, and he's the next guy to break out in pro wrestling. But um, it's I've been involved with Limitless pretty much since show number two back in 2015 and and seeing the growth has been incredible we've had some ups and downs i've been banned twice from limitless which uh not super cool one was a three-year ban and the last was just a three-month ban but um it's a great promotion prestigious is running wild and i'm unbanned now i can show up whenever but i was planning on showing up at restival in worcester massachusetts but I was told by Limitless wrestling promoter Randy Carver that it was Wausau, Wisconsin, not Worcester. <laughs> so here I am in Wausau, and I realize with 10 minutes before prestigious's match that uh, I'm supposed to be in Worcester, 
you know, it's very easy to mix those up. Of course. And I put out there into the Twitterverse if there are any 10-minute flights from Wisconsin to Massachusetts. Apparently there aren't. So that sucked. Uh, but you never know when I'm going to show up. I can't believe you fell for that. It was in, Randy Carver has a history of being very misleading. And, and, and he, like an ass. it's almost like he doesn't want me to be there. It's almost, no as, better. If, almost as if, um, let's talk about that though, real quick, because you, I knew you were managing, you took some damn bumps, dude. <laughs> let's talk about the fact that you legit, like attempted some serious elbow drop stuff. You took yeah. a really nasty, sincere spot in the corner because Davian kicked your ass. Um, <laughs> it's not all about the wave. It's also about you getting your ass kicked. But sincerely, I didn't know because um, managers take spots all the time, but you took some real, real spots. What was um, behind the curtain if I'm putting together a podcast with the extreme life of John Alba here? What is uh what was that like? Was it were you scared getting in the ring? Like and how long was had yeah. you been taking spots? Like so, give us a little insight. This was probably my fifth match ever, but it was definitely the biggest match. I'd done like three battle royals slash royal rumbles. I did a handicap match back in 2017 where I didn't really do a whole lot. But it was January of last year, so a year ago. And Randy came to me and was like, what would you think about doing a match in like September? And I'm like, go on. What are you thinking? And we started talking and we built this incredible story that was literally, and I mean, you don't see this stuff on the, and this is what I love about Limitless. You don't see this stuff on the indies where there's a nine month storyline with a plan from start A to from point a to point b and i had in my mind if you've seen the match you can go find it on iwtv i had that vision for the finish in my head dating back to february of what that moment would look like where she had me in a boston crab and my guys all try to make saves and they all get caught and there's this circle in the middle and everyone's standing i had it in my head i'm like if we can get this visual people are going to lose their minds and it was insane. Uh, the day before I went to the dojo, th I was going to do an elbow drop in the match. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> and I practiced 40 elbow drops the day before going up to the top, dropping elbow, going up to the top, dropping the elbow. It was ready to go until an hour before the match in which they cut it from the match. Oh. <laughs> And then I ended rib. up getting Gorilla Press slammed. But I brought you a souvenir because I knew you were going to bring this up. Here is the shirt worn in that match that Davian ripped open. Amazing. In order, to, in order to chop my chest. It said together, it's, it's hard because you ripped it, but it said, make Davian prestigious again. And then on the back, it said... Um, I was there, like the WrestleMania shirts, <laughs> um, nine twenty-five, twenty-one, Yarmouth, Maine. I would um, pay good money for that, John. Jeremy Lambert's claimed the throne already. Of course on. he did. Uh, if you want to get in a bidding war with him, go ahead. But uh, absolute blast! It hurt like hell, and uh, she killed me. So that was that. But you know what? No grudges. New year, new me, and we'll see what happens. I'll ask my final question before I turn it over to the fellas, and this is a sincere question. Okay. 
Has anyone started the wave during your matches? Because you are out there about it. Nobody started the wave during your matches. No, because they're all stupid and they don't read stuff. But they'd be smart if they did, but they'd also be stupid for doing the wave. So if they ever tried to do the wave during a match, I'd just leave. Just hey. writing down, okay. go yeah. to Limitless <laughs> Wrestling. Hey, Limitless is not the only place I work. I just want to make that clear. But, you know. Hey, John, you're, tell- you're telling me that if, if you weren't attending a surfing competition and it got really boring you wouldn't start the wave oh no i should leave right now you should oh my god at no point in your incoherent rambling response (laughs) did you say anything that could be considered a rational statement kevin everyone here is now dumber Dumber. for having listened to that (laughs) i award you no points and may god have mercy (laughs) tell me right now though after a couple minutes you're gonna you're gonna laugh at that no no, Kevin. No. no. Good. Uh, so, Mike. going back to my other questions uh, yes, before please. I was called the terrible interviewer. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I, I need to make this. I need to make this very clear, Kevin. There are two personalities to John Alba. There's John Alba who answers very earnestly and honestly, <laughs> and then there's the Emmy Award-winning John Alba character that oh, may have. <laughs> He came out in that moment. So, where's Erica right now? I know I said that was my last. Question. Uh, Erica is in Orlando right Still? now. Still, all yes. right. So. I miss her. I, yeah. So I'm actually surprised I remembered both of these questions because it's been okay. like 20 minutes. And I, have, I have the memory of a freaking goldfish. <laughs> oh, um, <damn>. no. <laughs> get out of here. Um, <laughs> All right, so you mentioned your concept of whether or not you wanted it to be linear, and I feel like the concept that you pulled fashions itself to not be such just because of that i'm sure there might be a time where you want to continue something that you might not think you have enough time Mm -hmm. to do but i think that it's such a genius concept because it won't people will keep coming back but just not to see what happened next it'll be like here's a new story that i want to tell Mm -hmm. like weekly is that something that kind of just entered into your mind like we want to present like a a, it's almost like presenting a series premiere every week yeah and like, I was thinking about it because I'm like, okay, here's a topic. Broken Matt Hardy. Do you do one three-hour episode on Broken Matt Hardy? Or is that something that you can stretch over the course of four episodes? Because I think the Broken Journey can be talked about from mid-2016 all the way into the end of his WWE run. Like, truthfully. So like, yeah, across three different promotions. Well, and then too. there's the expedition of gold that is an episode itself. Yes. And oh my god. And 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 that's what I'm saying. There's so much stuff. And there is an incredible story that when the time comes, I cannot wait because he told me this story. And I almost want to forget about it so I can feel like I'm hearing it fresh again when we record the episode. Uh, um about the WrestleMania 33 return. Real quick before I let you go. Um, how much research did you, I mean, I know you've been a lifelong fan, but how much actual like time and effort and hours have you put in? Is it something that you do all at once or is it just idea by idea? For like researching for an episode? Yeah. Um, I'd say I'm working throughout the day on and off for like three, four days on it. So like I've been working, I'd say to get all the prep ready for episode one, it probably took about four days of just on and off going through newsletters, watching the matches, writing notes. And cause 
we could have paid a researcher to do it. Like we have researchers on our team, but I'm not the kind of guy that learns by just reading off something. I need to like see it and, and very tangibly learn it. So that's kind of my methodology when it comes to researching. And yeah. And like, who doesn't want to go watch awesome wrestling matches, right? Well, like, and if I'm going to talk about breaking down a match and the psychology of the match, I need to see it firsthand. Yeah. You know, one thing I do think I have a pretty good understanding of, and it's because I work on the independent team and see how matches are laid out. I have a pretty good understanding of how to tell a story in a match. So if I can convey that and break it down piece by piece, and why does this make sense to do this here versus this here versus this here and compartmentalize that, then I'm doing my job well as the presenter for this. I, I had a follow-up question, but Kate, you know, completely decided to, uh, <laughs> to, to jump right in there. Um, uh, so researchers automatically br brings me to ad-free shows because everyone mentions on these shows, the researchers and stuff like that. What has your experience been like working? And again, a, a plethora of, of experience in the sports media world, mm -hmm. but this environment under these people that has quickly become probably the most popular dynasty, if, for lack of a better word, so fast, so quick. Uh, how was that feel, feel to be thrust right into that so fast? Uh, it was a really big learning experience for me because – I was so used to having to do everything myself in TV news. Like, there's no news crews anymore. Like you are a one man band. So I was doing that. And then when I join with ad free shows, it's like, there are people who are designated to do this and this and this. And you know, people don't realize how big Conrad's team is. He's built yeah. an empire. So there's people facilitating different roles. So that was a lot to adjust to, but I've they, to their credit, they have given me a ton of creative freedom. I have several shows on ad free shows that are exclusive to that platform. Uh, one on one with John Alba, which is a long form interview series that I've always wanted. And they have been so therapeutic for my soul to just get a chance to do long form interview. It's my favorite thing to do in the world. So getting to do that, uh, I have a part in the interruption style show with Danny Cage, the owner yes. of the Monster Factory. And that's called Up for Debate. Up for debate. And that is so cool, that show. It's yeah. so, I think it's like the coolest wrestling show in the world right now. And um, that's been a blast. And there's a few other miscellaneous projects that I've had in the works too for ad free shows that you'll and see. I, I, think, I think it's so cool that you you, like, you linked up with Danny Cage because we all love Danny Cage here. Absolute, the best. Don't inflate his ego. He does. That's, that. <laughs> listen, please. I got, well, I got, tw I got Twitter for that. Page. I got Twitter for that. He doesn't listen to us. I got, tw I got Twitter to, to, <laughs> to <laughs> get at him. Uh, before, before I let Tony close you out with all your plugs and all that great stuff. Um, I would love, I don't know if you've done this right. You probably have because we keep, the, the word that keeps coming up is reinvention. I would love to hear Matt Hardy in his own words, define what the term reinvention means in pro wrestling. Cause anyone can switch characters and do this and that, but sure. I, I would love to know what he thinks reinvention truly means well the beauty of that kevin is that in every episode we do hashtag ask matt so if you would like to submit a question to the podcast you are more than welcome to submit that and hashtag ask matt uh, how crazy is that look at you does yeah. he respond with matt facts well okay so actually here you get an you want exclusive part of the caveat was every single episode begins with a mad fact. Yes! So, That's awesome. It's like my favorite so, Matt Hardy thing ever. 
And and the cool thing is, like, you know, mad facts are usually like funny and often irrelevant, but these mad facts are actually relevant to the topic at hand. So, so, well, well, I'll, I'll, so like, here's, again, spoiler. I can't believe I'm giving you all these spoilers here for episode one, but uh, the mad fact for episode one, which is about the No Mercy ladder match, is Matt Hardy has never met a has never met a ladder that he's afraid of. So it's awesome. So, it's like, so you know, awesome. it's very Matt Hardian, but yeah. but also it's relevant to the topic at hand. So every single episode will start with a Matt fact. Awesome. I love that. And I'll let Tony close you out, but we just buzz balls so much. But on a sincere level, I fucking adore you. And I'm so glad you're moving back to Jersey and I'm going to make you hang this... out all the time. Oh, so you are busting my balls half the time. Is that what this is? Oh, crap. Kayfabe, bro. Kayfabe. <laughs> No, I'm going to show you guys something very, very, uh, oh, no. very nice right now. No, no, this is very nice. This is from Dynamite, where you and I took such a Aww. very genuine. I mean, listen, you look adorable there, but I am hot as shit there. I mean, really. I'm not going to lie. You still had the heel beard growing in. You look oh great. Look I have it. my patented cheese grit on because that's the only way I know how to style. Look at the hair. I mean, it is good stuff there. Wow. So, yeah, I'm going to call that smile the Kate from now on. Just yeah. <laughs> the Kate, yeah. Kate's I'm always happy to be everywhere, no matter what the situation. Yes, absolutely. No, listen, I... I I, Kate is a is a gem like ninety six percent of the time. That's but, the nicest man, thing anyone's ever said about me. Thank you. Uh, no problem. But no, it's fun stuff, guys. Yeah. In fairness, I don't I don't see what Billy Gunn said he saw on you that you had a punchable face. Uh, I, I don't. Oh come on, this is a very punchable face. No, no well, not the guy. Actually, in the... I didn't think that either. Like from a sincere level, I would not have been like that guy is is punchable. No, the Very guy nice. in the picture, the guy in the picture you just showed, no, you right there, yes. maybe a little <laughs> right. bit. Very That's much so. so. Well, it's different when you walk around with the Emmy and like, you're, 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 you're no, but I'm serious. I'm serious. It's like, it's, you know, you're, you're goading people to want right. to just, just kill that guy. And like, that's the most fun. And there is nothing more fun. I I do have one last question before before I got we, time here. I got I got till nine, so you, you let me know when when we're good. So, when when Jeff Hardy comes to the door, and I'm thinking Matt would say it in my scenario, but I want to know in your head, did you think, oh brother Nero? I knew I you'd knew come. You'd come. <laughs> well, okay, so uh, again, I'm giving you guys a bunch of exclusives here. So. <laughs> Blue Chew is one of the advertisers for this podcast. Of course. And so I'm like, I'm like, okay, I got to get as many Matt Hardy puns into this Blue Chew read as possible. And, you know, how can you, you can take your sex life from V1 to V2, you know, like, uh, you know, like. His, the word hard isn't his last name. It's right, like, right. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> You know, Matt realized the importance of taking the twist of fate into your hands rather than making yourself a whisper in the wind. You know, like there's just there's there's so many opportunities there. How about this one? How about Bluetooth? Delete and repeat. There you go. Delete and repeat. I mean, the first line of the promo is, "Do you want to make your gimmick go from broken to woken?" So, (laughs) but, but but but. But but anyway, the one that I didn't put in the read, and I'm going forward, it will 100% be is, how did we not get him saying it or, or me saying it that I knew you'd come? Yeah. I, how did I not get that in the read? Like, I knew you'd come. That's the one you got? 
So we we that one did not make the read for episode one, but uh, oh, there's, there's a lot of good ones. There's still a lot of good ones that I think you'll pop for. So there's got to yeah. be a Willow reference in there somewhere too. There's there's a lot of subtle ones too that that even just talking about side effects, you know, it's like there's, there's, so, many, there's so many different things. So. Yeah, oh it's, it's, Matt. Thankfully, Matt Hardy lends himself to a lot of shit like that. Have See, you is... met Matt's booty shaking wife yet? Uh, virtually. Okay, very cool. Is she awesome? She seems lovely. She is a Spitfire Latina. Also seems like that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. John Alba's been with us. Uh, social media at John Alba on Twitter at John underscore Alba on the Instagram. Of course, we've been talking about it for the past hour. He is the new host of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy with, of course, Matt Hardy. Uh, check it out at, at Matt Hardy Pod. New episode drops Friday. It's the No Mercy 99 ladder match with the Hardy Boys uh, between the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian. Excuse me. Every Friday, new episodes, like I said, debuts Friday at Pod Heat and also, of course, at Ad Free Shows for all the other stuff that John's been doing. Anybody got any follows before, uh, for John before we let him run? I what the fuck's time. the wrong with the wave, John? Come on. Oh, here we wait, go. You want to know what's the problem with the wave? The, here's the thing. <laughs> People pay good money to go to sporting events, right? Like, it's a pretty penny. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation. It's a pretty penny to go to a sporting event. So if you pay money to go, you reserve the right to do whatever you want. I believe in that principle. But with that said, you're paying money to go to a sporting event to watch said sporting event and to respect said sporting event because you have paid your hard-earned money to to watch said sporting event. So when you're doing the wave, you're saying, look at me, I'm an idiot. I'm taking away from the action that's going on right now. And you're making an ass out of yourself. You're making okay, an ass out of yourself. We're both baseball kids, right? Yes. Four hours into a game. Listen. Three, two I, count, run around first. That. I get that, but okay. how can you not be romantic about baseball? Hey, and, there it is. And, and the answer is, well, you see what's been done to the game, but right, yeah, no, and the people who I run know. baseball don't even like baseball. That's <laughs> that's that's what happens. So, um, I just I think the wave is just so, and that's what that's what kind of brought me to the my initial question with you in terms of the casual versus the diehards. If it's more casual, you kind of get the feeling that they're starting to wave because they have no idea what the heck's going on. Or they're diehard and they're bored. Like, don't go to a game at that point. That's just, I don't know. That's how I view it. And I get some people want the social activity of doing yeah. it, but yeah. there are better ways to have social activities than to spend $50 at a baseball yeah, game. Have a blue chip. Right. Sure. <laughs> if, that's, if that's your recreational time, then awesome. Good for you. Um, I'm that's neither here nor there social is kevin getting with blue chew i don't know uh popping a blue chew before you go to a social gathering probably seems like a terrible idea quite frankly but you didn't say gathering just i mean we're talking about uh, fifty thousand being a baseball game but um (laughs) no i I keyed on the word social i mean i just uh you know that's that's how i view the wave and it's funny because i get obviously so many questions about pro wrestling and people want to talk about wrestling, but I think a lot of people forget that like at my heart, I'm a sportscaster and like, I love talking about sports and sports are still my ultimate and baseball specifically is like my ultimate love. What's your number two? Like of, I know you're a baseball guy. The big four. Yeah. Um, 
probably basketball, then football, then hockey. But there was a time period where I was so knee deep into all four of those. Yeah. And I didn't miss a Devils game. I didn't miss a Nets game. I didn't miss a Giants game. I didn't miss a Yankees game. I'd have multiple monitors. Uh, Then as you grow up through the years, that kind of changes a bit. And when you become an actual sports journalist, you check a lot of that fandom at the door and you learn to watch things very objectively. And I watch pro wrestling extremely objectively now, despite what people on Twitter like to think. And but, but, you're, but no, you're, you're a ho- you're a homer for no matter what you're a homer for this, you're, a homer, you're a homer for, for WWE you're a homer yeah. for AW you're a homer for and yeah. these people don't even know half the things that I've dealt with and, <laughs> and, and, and like I mean Kate knows some of it but like <laughs> some of the shit that I've dealt with with some of these promotions and I'm not just talking the major ones even minor ones yeah. it, it, one day I will write a book and and I actually I started said book um, and it's appropriately called. Um, based off a sign that I got at, at a Limitless show one time by a fan, who the hell let John Alba back in? And um, <laughs> and and boy, will there be some great stories. It'll probably come out like 30 years from now, but there will be some good stories. Let me ask you this, because you have been open in other interviews about um, how much your mental health was affected by like kind of your rise in, mm. in sports casting. I experienced this on the music side where I very much started to hate working in music because I was working in it so much and so burned out and it was so punishing. Was there a time where you ever questioned getting out of sports entirely or did it affect your love for sports or did the love stay there? Because I know I was like, I don't want to listen to a note of music and it came back, but like that burnout piece of it is is very real. And I really had a hard time like yeah. with my relationship with music after that. All the time, all the time. Um, I came very close to getting out of sports in the summer of 2018. I nearly took a lifestyle show job and at NBC Connecticut, um, which I like low key, very high key want to be Guy Fieri one day. So <laughs> low like, key, very high key. like, like, <laughs> getting to host a lifestyle show for me is so up my alley and I would love to, I still would love to do something like that. So I came very close to walking away from it then. And as I kind of cultivated more following in pro wrestling too, um, there were a lot of times I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so burnt out from pro wrestling. And when you feel burnt out from something you love so much, it sucks. It's like the worst feeling in the world. And there was an incident. I mean, some of you may remember this. It was probably about a month and a half, two months ago, where someone, I won't go into specific details of it, but someone quite literally tried to end my career um, by making a complete fabrication of, of making something up that some people in a major organization believed. And I mean, I had full proof that it was fake and even had the cops involved at one point. But it was at that point, I was like, I don't know if I can make this jump in pro wrestling full time. I, I don't know because tribalism is so insane in pro wrestling. It's insane. But you know what? Cooler heads prevail. And I love pro wrestling. I love the art of it because I think it's an art. I really it believe it's an art. Storytelling. It's undeniably and an art. And I love storytelling. I, I I grew up in the school of Boyd Hooper and Steve Hartman and Tom Rinaldi, and I love it. So 
I just try to remember that. And that's kind of what has been propelling me forward. And now this Hardy podcast, I was really worried. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I thought that we were going to announce this podcast and people are going to be like, eh, and there it's Matt Hardy. But seeing the response has been incredible. So I hope you guys love this episode as much as, and this show as much as I love recording it because it was the single most fulfilling thing I've ever done as a broadcaster. Do you have a a go-to match? Like party? Just in general, like if you're feeling burnt out on wrestling, what's like your go-to match? If I'm feeling burnt out on wrestling, I'm not watching wrestling. Fair enough. (laughs) What is there one particular match that reignites your your love? Um, I should say. You just give me a great technical wrestling match that I can watch the shit out of, where it feels like a sporting event. That's the best. That's your vibe. Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia, Jonathan Gresham, Lee Moriarty. Give me one of their matches. Hell yeah. I'm set. Okay, I'll shut up because I could talk to you all day. Yeah. (laughs) John, I want to thank you again. That's John Alba. Thank you guys for having me for so long. John underscore Alba on the IG. Maybe I've had them flip flop, but I think I I got it right. Uh, The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy debuts January 7th on Pod Heat. Uh, follow them. It's going to be great new episodes every week. Like I said, every episode will probably feel like a series premiere. Um, so we appreciate it. Anything you want to leave anyone with before we let you go? No, I, I want to hear feedback. I want to hear what people think about this show. And that's important to me. I, I firmly believe that episode one will not sound anything like episode 25. So yeah. God willing, we get there. So I, I just, I want feedback from everybody and my DMs are to a fault always open and yeah go ahead kevin no i'm sorry and the pod the matt hardy pod is the handle for the actual yes, podcast matt, so matt hardy sure pod on both twitter and instagram as well um yeah. it's going to drop anywhere you can get your podcasts so apple spotify youtube matt hardy brand um and the only other plug i have is i, I kind of put this out there yesterday but probably look around february i'm actually starting a coaching service for um, people oh, who nice. want to get into broadcasting and people who want to get into interviewing and anchoring and storytelling. How do, how do I sign up? There you go. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'll have all the information on that. And it's going to be a really cool service where you can interact one-on-one with me and I can try to help coach you. I've mentored a lot of people in this industry and I get a lot of gratification from teaching. So I, I hope that people take a look into that. Lazy awesome, as man. usual, Alba. I know, right? <laughs> No. Thank you guys. I appreciate you. Hi, even buddy. even you, Kate. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Hope to see you around Jersey <laughs> soon, man. Be well. I did it for you. Okay? <gasps> did it for you. Clipping Never again. Forever. <laughs> Never again. Okay. See you guys. <laughs> thanks again, John. Be well. Oh man, I, I wish nothing but the most success for him for this show. It sounds like it's yeah. gonna be amazing. Just he's a, just a, comes across as a real good dude. Like, and I didn't realize how much experience he had outside of wrestling. Like when we met in Newark, like I knew what he like he did at Limitless and and the stuff he had with Davian and and all that stuff. Uh, did not know all that experience in his sports and news uh, career. So, um, yeah, that's great. Anytime you can get advice from someone like that is uh, is invaluable. So thank you again, John. A good steal for Jersey, getting him back from Florida. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> many uh, many some rest of the, some independent shows in the future. Some good stuff hanging out. Some good hangs maybe. We'll see. Hell yeah. All right. Tony? Do you guys... Late, well... But... Yeah, yeah, top you... five. Yeah, yeah, top five. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, that's... 
I'll give him the official top five on the Twitter, but I really yeah, I do we break? It's all very dark ordery my hand on that one. If you guys want to take a break, I could run through all the plugs real quick. So this yes. way we don't have to run the whole commercial break and whatnot because uh one, I don't think we need to talk about everything tonight. And I know there's a couple things that maybe we want to do, maybe we don't want to do. I think the agenda would be picks past and upcoming. Mm-hmm. And a brief synopsis of, of dynamite. I mean, I don't even care. Like, we can come back and talk well, about we could, we could save dynamite for Wednesday night show, you know, the, the Mark Order podcast. Yeah, and we, and we, touched, and we touched a little bit on Rampage, so I think we're okay. We could talk about day one as well. I mean, just mention, you know, well, we, we could talk do... about uh, Big Swole, and we could do oh, yeah. a top five if we have it. Yes, I think we which, got enough. Which is why we got to take a break. All right, so you guys go <laughs> you guys go pee and poo and do whatever else you need to do. Right, and, or, uh, or, okay, or just I'll take a break. All this. All right. Right. Go ahead. See you later. Right. Goodbye. Um, it's going to be... Uh... It's gonna be the mark order thing here, probably. Let's oh, no, see. I can switch it. Let's go. Let's All right, it switch is. it up. Let's go. Oh no, wait. How do I? What's going on here? Oh, stop cam. I always forget the stop cam thing. There you go. That's all right. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want in this life, like the jerky boys used to say. Anyway, of course, while these guys are taking their break ski, I will continue on and tell you all about the great shows on the Shining Wizards Network. Of course, do not forget this past Sunday inclusive breakdown. Um, Justin and Vince had myself and friend of the show, handsome Dan Lopez, on for their 2022 death pool picks. And fortunately, unfortunately, of course, with the passing away of Betty White on the 31st, we've got our first points on the board. Find out who scored and find out who else we could score with by listening to that episode this week. Of course, Phil and Jay, Turnbuckle Throwbacks, uh, Ant Money, of course, Kate joining us tonight, Matt, Ryan Schlong, Mark Order Podcast. That's on Wednesdays. Probably not this Wednesday because all of them, I think all of them are going to the uh, Dynamite show. The first show on TBS in Newark on Wednesday. So huzzah for them. Snowy's got a double team action for you. Wrestling Night in Canada and Radioactive Metal, both on the Shining Wizards Network. Both great shows. Ringside Rant, of course, we love those guys. We got the Midnight Jory, Cal and Mike. Uh, and of course, us, the Shining Wizards. The reason why you're tuned in now, not only do we have great shows on the Shining Wizards Network, but we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast. We've got so many things that we offer as a Patreon supporter. If you give us just $1, just $1 a month, you become a Patreon producer. We will mention you each and every week on The Shining Wizards. But that's not all. $3 a month, you get watch-alongs. You get shows. You get profiles. You get bonuses. Kevin and Matt did a huge omnibus on what one year in the life of WCW Bret Hart from his debut through 1997. No, not through 1998. That's it. He debuted in 97. Amazing stuff. We got tons of free stuff, tons of free stuff, tons of great bonus content for the $3 tier. Five bucks, we will plug your shit. Ten bucks, 20 bucks, every three months, we will send you a box of wizardry. Matt collects wrestling attire, memorabilia, and all kinds of knickknacks from around the world, and he will be happy to send it to you. Support us on the Shining Wizards patreon page and right now we want to thank those who continue to support us our patreon producer roll call first we got to start with our king and our queen manny kratzer the king of the wizards and kathy hummer the queen of the wizards 
I think they would get along if they actually met each other in real life. I think Kathy's easy to get along with, and Kratzo is just fucking Kratzo. I mean, he is what he is. Anthony and Danny Russinello, the AOP of the SWP. Sean Toe and Sean Kaleo, two Sean's from across the pond from each other, across the world from each other. I bet you if Sean Toe dug a hole, he could reach Sean Kaleo all the way on the other side of the world. That's how awesome the Sean's are. Kate the Great, she don't shut up, but we love her just the same. On deck, see.com is the place. She's on Fightful. She's on Fight Less. She's on Fight Your Mother, Fight Your Father. She's fighting everybody. She's awesome. Glad to have her. Matt Garifo, no relation to the KJG. Maddie Mellinger, definitely not related to the KJG. They don't even have the same fucking name. Matt, Kevin, come on, really? Christine Friesendorf, Mark Parloni will say happy birthday, Mark. Happy birthday, Mark. Oh, Kate's back. I love it. She probably heard me talking shit about her. That's fucking great. I Scotch drinks more. Mr. Kenny Hossey, the Scotch drinks more. Jay Cop, the big copper pump, the greatest part of the turnbuckle throwbacks. Mott Spock himself, Thomas Cops, fucking Milwaukee Tom, whatever he's calling himself today. Mr. Michael Hammond, Mr. Matthew Birch, True Prince of Pro, Mr. Braden Berger, and the fucking LeBron James figure collecting thing guy. Brendan Haney, Carrie Cowling, the man with the big one, Ryan Schlong. Our friend, Asian Joe, who's not white. Thank you, Ryan. Mr. David Henry Bauer III, Mr. Mike Peterson, Big Rob Humphrey. And last but certainly not least, I hope Kevin's back because I don't have the screen open. And his pal, Antonio Halserman, makes experimental music at harvestmanrecords.bandcamp.com. He's the one, the only, too sweet to be sour, full of vinegar and power and whatever the fuck they say. Mr. William Mercier Jr. Lines are going to be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? I, I do, do know, know what you mean, Kev. <laughs> I didn't know if you had it covered. My bad. Bang, bang. I'm really good at this, Tony. <laughs> Come on, you goons. Oh, brother. Sorry. Uh, his name is Judge Crandall, but I know him better as Vince. He's one of the uh, hosts of the Inconclusive Breakdown. you damn right I got a point on the board. Thank you. Like I said, check that out. It's a riot. Those guys do a great job every week. Um, I don't know. What am I looking at here? I don't know what I'm looking at. People are sending me things all over the place. Anyway, well, Kevin, we which direction do we want to start? Breaking news. Breaking news. start with that? What? We got breaking news? What did I miss? What did I miss? Well, it's been posted that inside the ropes, Matt texted us about this. Oh, that's um, what against, that is? Against okay. the ropes. I'm sorry. Against the ropes. Uh, the series will release its first streaming platform this Friday. So stay tuned for that. You guys have... The delightful Kayla Sparks on, um, but a great interview and what a what a what a just great fucking person she seemed like. Like you've been following her for a long time, and it sounds like she had not only like a very comfortable rapport with you guys, but like gave you a lot of credit for kind of reigniting her love of wrestling. And you know, sometimes you never know what happens when you take off your shirt and dance to the Spice Girls because oh look at what led to this. It's hard to believe that we're responsible for anything positive, right, Kev? <laughs> anyway, so not only do you have the know. Matt Hardy podcast to look forward to on Friday, now you've got Against the Ropes to look forward to on Friday. Friday's going to be busy. You people better fucking book a room somewhere because you're going to need the space. That's all I'm saying. I don't it's know what I'm true. saying. Okay, and we have SmackDown and Rampage and Wrestle Kingdoms this week. I'm going to be so tired all week, but let's God. do it. Yeah, it's a busy week. Not only are there two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, but a third night a couple days later where it's uh, it's them and Noah. Yeah. New Japan against Noah. It's going to be interesting. 
Matt's favorite old guy wrestler, uh, the great Muda is going to be on the show. I'm sorry, KG Mudo. So there you go. There you go. Kev, which way do you want to steer the ship? You want to talk a little? Uh... Picks, picks. Oh, you want to do picks? Is Kevin frozen? Is Kevin frozen or is he like passed out? A little bit of both. Yeah, I think a little column A, column B. Did you hear me? Did you? Did we lose you? Dude, this is insane. Uh uh-uh. I'm, I'm literally sitting the closest to my router that I could ever possibly be. Like it's literally <laughs> right there. Like there's no way I could get any closer, and I'm still having. The Wi-Fi issues. It is what it is, man. Shit just happens. It's technology. It's not perfect. Dude, and also, for the last three nights, my power has been going off in the middle of the night. Like, I wake power. up. Power. <laughs> you need to watch some more NWA and get yourself a power surge. Yeah, well, I, I would if they weren't stupid recap shows for the last three weeks. I actually yeah. I actually looked into it this week. Tony, I was, I was going to watch Power. But it was a, it was a best of. So I was like, eh. yeah, it was it was all kind of like, I mean, if you wanted to look into one of the matches for my top 10 from last week, we got the replay of Camille and Serena Deeb for the uh, women's championship, which was a great match. But other than that, it was like, yeah, kind of yeah, seen I mean, everything. I, so, yeah, I, I, can't get, I can't get into the top 10. Great head of hair on that Serena Deeb these days. <laughs> As Punk pointed out. Was he being facetious? Was he being mean? Well, cause no, 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 cause she, uh, she was in the straight edge society. She was a woman. Oh fuck safe. me! Yeah, so on commentary, he was like, "Ray had a hair on that Serena Deeb." Wow, I, I whiffed on that. that uh, I'm just suck. the biggest punk mark in the world. I don't think a lot of people necessarily remember that, but. Oh, but the straight edge. <laughs> oh, remember that you're a punk mark, or remember the straight edge society? Because I remember the f out of the straight edge society. That was that I. They could have, like a lot of factions when I first got into wrestling, like they could have done so much. Like I, when I first started, the thing that drew me in more than anything was legacy. I was like, oh, I think I get wrestling. Like, yeah, until, uh, until, uh, until Manu and, uh, Sim Snuka joined and you're just like, you finally even remember that. No, I do. I remember that. I remember like when you first start watching, right? Like I remember being so incensed that Randy Orton just cheated. Like how could he? Um, But I remember with legacy, especially because it was like not based on nationality or something like that. There was this really cool thing that you were like, Oh, I'm new to wrestling, but I get it. Like all these guys have this common thread, but they also have their individual personalities and it doesn't have to be like a tag team necessarily. Like, Legacy was so cool to me, and then it just, like, didn't really materialize or go anywhere. And you had Zibiasi, you had Cody Rhodes, you had Randy leading the way. a photo shoot right now? No. I thought somebody was ripping up paper. My dog. Hold on. Oh, Buster. I saw Buster walk by before. (laughs) It sounded like like camera flashes going off. I thought it was more like somebody, like, filing things. (laughs) He's chewing up, like, a bag. But I didn't think that that... the, no, it, it's Poor okay. Buster. He doesn't need to chew up a bag on my floor. I just didn't realize my mic yeah. was picking it up. <laughs> there he goes. Hey, we got Buster Hi. Butthole tonight. There you go. I got to fill in for Matt. You know what I mean? We need the animal butt in the background. <laughs> All we need is Rhiannon screaming bloody murder. We got to show. <gasps> His face when he had to go was like. <laughs> I listened. I, I need to watch the replay. I know oh, exactly just, where it just... happened. Those 20 seconds are just that moment of sheer terror on Matt's face. Like, gotta go. Kev. I know we cut, I cut, I cut, I feel bad. I cut uh, 
Kate off with her her point about why she got invested in a legacy before Buster. Uh... Oh, it was just it, I factions made sense to me because of legacy right off the bat of like these guys have this commonality right, but they are also individuals with their own paths, and that was something that was so cool. And then it just didn't didn't really like materialize, but they had such a good talent, and then like it was weird that it didn't really. They could have done so many things, like happens a lot in wrestling, I guess, that it could go a lot of places it doesn't go, but yeah. um, they were fucking rad. And, and <laughs> No, I agree, because you, you look back to, like, the, the way they worked together in the in the Royal Rumble, and it came down to the three of them and Randy Orton, and, like, you thought that maybe Randy Orton would win, but I'm pretty sure Triple H won that one. So, um, Well, Randy Orton, didn't Randy Orton beat um Ted Jr. and Cody at and WrestleMania. Yeah. In her, at a WrestleMania, yeah. Totally. And uh and then that the three I was actually at the Hell in the Cell, I believe it was, when it was all three of them versus DX in the in the Hell in the Cell. I actually trying to get the bell ready. Um former New Jersey Devil Pittsburgh Penguin uh Paul Martin got me tickets uh for for that event. So that was good. So you have professional athletes going to bat for you. Not yeah. bad, not yeah, bad. In the shade. All right, Tony, what do you got? Kev. All right. So Fucking Big Swole and Tony Khan sent out a tweet or two over the uh, past week. All right, this is a question directed for Kate because she's the one stirring the pot on this. But she's stirring chewing an apple. Like red velvet. Her, her, her dog's ripping up paper. She's chewing apples. We gotta have, I was we gotta so re- hungry. We got so, real bro. I mean, we don't have to take a deep dive, but let's let's start with the first text from Swole. The the one the one thing that I was really puzzled about is she's claiming there's no diversity like on TV, but correct me if I'm wrong, like I think AEW's got a really diverse locker room, no? So I think um what was sorry, Kate, real quick. I just want to clarify this because this is a lot of sensitive stuff right here. That was the point of the tweet. The point of the tweet was there's no diversity in AEW point no, blank um there is no representation truly and where there is it does not come across in the black community as genuine also at all i don't know why everybody's so afraid to accept it or say it but it's not a good look uh there's other stuff then she says uh i want to see here with promises you made to be diverse i want to see that not with just black people i would like to see latino 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 jesus latino or hispanic or more asians i feel asians and indians do not get the love they just don't it's such a big gap. I don't, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know what her experience was. And it seems like she said that things were on good terms with her and Tony Khan when she was leaving. But I well, mean, let's look, look at, at that the tweet. roster. Yeah. All right. So here's the difference. You're either looking at the roster or you're looking at the roster positions and where they are. Cause yes, AW has a completely diverse roster. No one can argue that Rep- representation matters and it, and it clearly does matter. The question is, does she think that it should it matter more in terms of position on the card? Is what I so I'll I'll say this about it. One, not to always put over Fight Club, but at Fight Club, uh, there's a show called Grapsity, and uh, it's I call bits and pieces of this. It's yeah, yeah, it's really really good. So yeah, um, one thing that they talked about was the difference between diversity and black representation and how sometimes those things can get skewed. And I think that's really important. But they also booked all out with 
no black talent on the card and I think two Hispanic wrestlers on the card. Um, so part of it is the roster versus positioning. And we also have to keep yeah. in mind when Swole had her exit interview, <clears throat> like they've worked on a lot of stuff since then. Like they have expanded a ton, it seems like, of what they're trying to do with the women's division, which was a huge complaint. And with the amount of black talent they're signing, Jay Lethal has signed since, Lee Moriarty has signed since. Um, I think Scorpio Sky is going to be better positioned on the card. I'm hoping they're lining him up for something with the TNT title here. Um, so I, I think we also have to keep in mind, like, AEW has made progress on that. This is what befuddled me about the whole thing. So yeah. the, the quote from Tony Khan or the tweet that he put out. <clears throat> Who tweeted is, first, by the way? Oh, it was, it was uh, Swole. Okay. Well, and she did a podcast episode on it. And she oh, also. Well, that, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, but she, like, in that had really good things to say about Tony Khan and said, like, these are the areas that I was critical of and it was making me unhappy, so I left. Um, and she said she thought they left on a good note. Now, Tony Khan's tweet was, like, these are all the ways that we're diverse. And- See, once you, once you do that, you already know that, like, to me, once you do something like that, you have to justify it. Like, it it's kind of seems and- he said, I let her contract expire because she wasn't good enough at wrestling. And then Whoa! promoted Rampage on top of that. So just a trifecta of stupid. Because if you want to come back with a counter argument that says, look, we have all this diversity on the roster in actuality. So while I respect her experience, um, here's all the ways that we've tried to make progress on that. And a lot of the things that he said, this was my thing. A lot of the things that he pointed out, I'm like, that's that's all new stuff since she left. So you yeah. don't get to take okay. that victory lap. Yeah. And then the t- taking the, time, aside- the timeline, the timeline is important. And I think less is more with a state with a statement like this. Again, I didn't read any of these tweets, so I have no real clue what's going One on. Tweet. One tweet. Or whatever. Yeah. What, oh God. <laughs> Which makes it worse in, yeah, in a lot. So, yeah, to, the in moment, my opinion, yeah. The moment you like you start giving examples of reasons why you are just you just gotta tell people, hey, just look, just do the research. You could like. I, I get I get you have to, I get you have to defend your brand but like I think AEW is plenty diverse and again like I said there's difference between ah, this is such a sense it's such a weird topic that like it's gonna be tough to make a point and no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of on big swole side but you're right in terms of timeline yeah like and and to her point it's like you can have a diverse roster if none of them are on a pay-per-view that doesn't help you very much right like this is something I thought ROH was doing really well like Jonathan Gresham is an incredible black wrestler. What he did is so different from Shane Taylor promotions, right? On the Hispanic side, you have LSG, who's not Italian and is Hispanic. Um, And you have luchadors, right? So it's the depictions within that diversity, which I think is something that AEW needs to make strides in. The inauthentic thing feels maybe like a little bit directed at Brandy. um, Because I've been hearing a lot of that. But I think to... To then take a swipe, this is this is why I brought up Grapsity. <clears throat> Will on Grapsity said, like, you're the employer in that situation. And even though wrestling's a weird landscape, if somebody goes on Glassdoor and leaves a review of working at Walmart and says, uh, I had a three and a half star experience there, but this is the the reasons that my experience wasn't great. You don't get to come back as Walmart and be like, you suck at stocking yes. shelves. And... Also, we're running this 20% off coupon. Like, 
to say diversity is important and then promote your show in the same breath yeah. is so fucking lame. I think, I think that's I think that's the I think that's the exact point I was trying to make in terms of Tony Khan's response. I think it was like, yeah, uh, look, should he have should he have answered that way? No. On the other hand, I don't. I'm sorry. Maybe maybe I didn't go through what Big Swole went through, but here here's a tweet from Powerhouse Hobbs. This came out after. I've been featured in some heavy-ass spots since being signed to AEW as well as other minorities. Now, this is the kind of point that I want to get at. He says, he writes, quote, Now TK has put me in spots at the right time that meant something. And he goes through. Punk, Christian Cage, Brian Cage, Hangman, especially running in and saving Moxley. This company has been there since the passing of my mother. So he's talking about the company being supportive. Cody and QT played tremendous part in getting me signed. Lastly, if you have an issue with someone... Pick up the phone. I think that last sentence goes both ways. Definitely like a foul on Tony Khan. No argument there. People were calling for him to fucking fold up AEW. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. In I, the grand scheme of things, he said something stupid. Did he say something inappropriate? Maybe it wasn't inappropriate. It was stupid of him to say it. It was. He was well, speaking, and he was speaking I, more with it, his heart as a person it, rather got, than the owner of a company. He It struck a nerve, I think. Yeah, exactly. But but the best thing that I saw floating around about it, and then I'll close the loop on it myself because I'm just so tired of it, but yeah. somebody yeah. said, how does John Moxley go on Jericho's podcast talk like a whole heap of way worse shit about WWE and get celebrated? But then Swole kind of very professionally says like, you know, these were the areas that I felt like they needed to improve upon. She said she genuinely wishes AEW the best. It was just time for her to move on. And she's out there getting like kind of crucified by this. I think Tony Khan's getting it worse as he should. But like the the fact that that reaction was there, like, is it because it was big, bad WWE or is it because it was a white dude doing it? Like, it's tough. I think, I think it's more, I think it's more, Moxley was shitting on the machine that everybody loves to shit on. Sure. Number one, but number two, I mean, like, unless you really do a deep dive, like if you look at the roster at AEW, there's a ton of representation on there. You know what I'm saying? Like you've got the LGBTQ community. You've got, you've got black wrestlers. You've got Latino wrestlers. You've got Mexican wrestlers like and Brazilians for God's sakes. One of my favorites over there. You know what I'm saying? Like there's tons of diversity there. Maybe. We look at it objectively. I don't know. Maybe it's a talent thing. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying, look, all the black wrestlers are terrible. That would be an awful thing to say. And it's not true. Maybe it's a timing thing. Maybe it's just like the, the they're at points in the stories where these folks just aren't involved yet. But isn't isn't um aren't the Lucha Brothers still in a thing? Aren't they the tag champs with FTRs and that going on? Isn't they are powerful involved with something on top. Weren't yeah. weren't they feuding with somebody at, at this point? So I think it's more, I think when you have Cody Rhodes go out there and give a promo about calling yourself literally the Ellis Island of professional wrestling. Yeah. All right. There you go. You know what I mean? Like, and then you haven't had a black champion and you have Hispanic tag champions, but again, her exit interview wasn't yesterday. It was a couple months ago. Um, I think if you set out to say, and I look I lose my fucking mind at the women's division. I can't imagine working there and seeing what the women's division was like. So let's also keep the the women's perspective of this too. Yes, you have Jade Cargill who's being pushed to the moon. Yes, you have Red Velvet there. Brandy, like you do have representation in those areas. Um, 
but it's also what those representations look I like mean, and the amount of screen time that the women were getting is is laughable. Right. Kate, I'll be honest with you though. As as terrible and as panned as a lot of the stuff was when this when COVID first started, when they were looking for an opponent for Sheeta, the Japanese women got fucking episodes on YouTube just dedicated to I mean, I know it's YouTube and I know that was a sticking point with you, but I, I don't know, man. No, I guess I get- I get, I think it's diverse. I think her bigger qualm, I know she named diversity across the board. I think her issues were the portrayals. And I think her bigger issue was probably with the black representation piece of it would be my guess. Yeah. And um, because especially when you look, I again, only guessing not because when you look in every other company, it seems to be so much more like prevalent and so much more like in every other yeah, company, but, but, but AEW. Yeah, and if they like it's not just that they booked all out with no black talent on it. It's that all out was like a 400 hour pay-per-view and they didn't have any black talent on it, right? Like we're not talking 3 hour pay-per-views. We're talking about you had a a loaded card with no black talent on it. That I I understand. I yeah, think there's that. probably a happy medium there between what both of them were saying, but like it was just such an inappropriate response. And then to promote your show on top of it after was just so tasteless. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's textbook struck a nerve. I'm just going to retaliate and be stupid. Oh, it's and, this. Uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But hey, I, I New Year's Eve. Come on. Look, 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 look. Side with Swole all you want. Jade Cargill's in the finals of the TBS tournament. So huzzah, fuck all. She's gonna it's win true, that shit. but she's like gonna, again, she's gonna again, win that shit. I predicted that. I predicted that like three weeks ago, Tony. The that bitch show. It's absolutely she's gonna win it. But again, Swole's interview was months ago, so like, yeah, yeah there's agreed. a there's a time gap there. Wait, um, was the interview months ago, or was this was this uh, was her exit uh, months ago? Like, because it was two that, separate things. Like, there was an interview this, that she yeah. did. This interview that she gave, she said in my exit interview, what I told them was I was unhappy with the diversity and the amount of screen time. So that interview was released recently or that podcast episode was, but what she was saying was on my way out in my exit interview, these are the the reasons that I was unhappy. And she felt like she gave constructive feedback and Tony Khan kind of reacted like a little bitch is what it looks yeah. like. So, But I mean, you guys still love Tony Khan, right? I mean, everything's cool or. Me and, me and TK, best friends. Yeah. Well, I meant I meant you guys on Wednesday in general, like. Oh well, we'll see. We'll see, brother. Because well, we'll have to wait till be th- there Wednesday. Yeah, we got we got to wait till Thursday. You guys bringing signs like "fuck TK" and shit well, like that. Co- look, like I I will. It, it's just. What do I? No, I can't. I, I got. You got a lot of good people over there that work for him. You know what's funny? <laughs> Kevin Kevin knows people over at the Pru Center. One of one of the Gravity guys goes. Uh, he was like, look, if Vince McMahon didn't have a PR company tweeting for him, do you know the shit that would be coming out of that Oh, that's a great point. <laughs> like, that was my thing, was just like, they, they need an in-house PR person for several reasons. Like, um, this is also not the first thing that Tony Khan has done that was stupid. Um, he cut off a, a teenager who was asking a question about whether AEW would do an all-women's pay-per-view to yell at her about the fact that uh, they sent the they paid the most to send their money to Empower. Like he's made multiple missteps here. I know they have an outside publicity firm as like a PR idiot. Like you need someone that that is the linchpin between 
what your brand is doing and that. And it sounds like they just need an intern to walk around yeah. and take Tony Khan's phone out of his hand. That's what it sounds like. I mean, normally, sometimes the interns make the biggest mistakes on like sports teams' social medias. But at this point, how could it, it can't be much worse. No, and it should just it it should just be one guy who's hired to walk around with Tony Khan, and he sees the the blue little bird pop up, and he just rips it out of his hand. Yeah. All right, you <laughs> that's t- his whole job. Tell me what you want to say. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me what you want to say, and I'll make it the p- complete opposite it, or a little bit better. We're going to save it to drafts. That's what we should do. Yeah, we're, we're going to save it to drafts. I'll, I'll type it verbatim, and we'll save it to drafts. And we'll look at it again in two hours. Do you still want to say this? And be like, no, all right, it's gone. See, this is why I watch shows like NWA and MLW. They are super diverse. Take a look at your, take a look at your champions in the NWA. You got Mecha Wolf and Bestia, your tag champs. You got Tyrus as your TV champ. I know it's Kate's oh favorite. My God. Your women's tag sucks. team champions are the Hex, Allison Kay, and Marty Bell. I mean, you you got fucking diversity up the yin yang, and these are all top spots. Well, sincerely, right, Tony, like don't, don't 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 socialize this for your own. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, to take a victory lap. Yeah, this isn't this but, isn't about you, T Donk. Well, we got a twenty percent off coupon code too, by the way. <laughs> Go to the Amazon, go to <laughs> Wizard Spot. No, but I, I had said this well before um, this had happened. Like, I felt like ROH was doing such a, a good job at, at how organic their diversity felt. Like, I had, I had pointed yeah. out those examples, but like all over the place, it just felt like really authentic portrayals of what, what the artists wanted to create. And again, Going back to the Grapsity guys, they were like, support the wrestlers, not the company. Like, we've learned this lesson so many times over and over again from multiple companies. And it's like, yeah, like, you don't want to, like, I know a lot of people that were like, I don't want to watch Rampage after Tony Khan did this. It's a really shitty thing to do. And he did it, like, 20 minutes before Rampage was going to be on. And Nyla Rose was like, please don't punish you know, Bunny and Penelope and yeah. Tay and Anna Jay because of like what this idiot did, which was a really good point. So it's just unfortunate. And it, it's just so, um, the, my co-host on Tuesdays was just saying like, it's such an unforced error. Like th- there was just no need for this. And honestly, it was a, a Fightful article that he retweeted. And I was like, there was nothing in that article that warranted a response. Like I didn't feel like Swole's. Yeah. Like the transcript, like it just, it did not warrant any response at all. And here's the thing that I've noticed about, here's here's the thing I've noticed about Tony Cotton. He does, he'll do it on anything. You take any kind of shot at him and he'll completely, whether it, whether you're from WWE, whether you're Bischoff on a podcast, whether you're from a, you know, former talent in his company. If you try to take the smallest shot, which wouldn't in any other walk of life, either be considered a real personal attack on you he reacts like it is a personal attack on him it's because billionaires surround themselves with nonsensical glad handing douchebag yes men like john lauren i know this, this is the, C- this is the cm punk promo i know <laughs> this is the cm, it's punk, the promo. CM punk promo it was yeah. part of the pipe bomb that's it <laughs> Uh, let's talk, let's wrap. Yeah, let's, let's move on from that. Not not to try to diminish it or anything like that, but no. But there's it, nothing it, new it, to just, say about it. It's yeah, like, it's, it's, what, what can you do? It, he's he's a he, he's the spoiled rich kid, uh, rich guy's son who who, who will uh, who will like attack when someone when he feels attacked. All right, Kev. Kev, uh, which one are we going with first? 
Kev, there was a pay-per-view on Saturday. Sorry, premium viewing experience? Whatever yes, the f- which kind of makes me question whether or not we should have picked it to begin with. Well, Kev, we did. So this guess what's coming up next, folks? Uh-oh. It's time for the pay-per-view pick extravaganza thing 2021. WWE Day 1. Kev. WWE held their first big event of the new year, which means 2021 picks are rapidly coming to a close. Things are not looking good for you and Matt, sir. (laughs) Not at all. I don't. I wish I had the numbers. Where did Matt give them to me? Matt Matt sent them to me somewhere. Okay, so number. I don't know if you have the I total went, numbers. We have the numbers I went six Saturday. and one for the show. Uh, Kevin and Matt both went four and three, respectable, but not nearly enough. So Kevin falls two back. Matt stays even with Kevin. Oh, two and back. Like, you fell two more back. Oh, two more back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you said I was two back. Which match was the one that I got wrong? I don't even remember. I'm going to have to pull this up because Matt said he had everything in here and he really doesn't. No, no, so. you got... um. I know this. I know this. RK, bro. Oh, uh, no. You got that one right. I you, got you the pre-match wrong. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. You, you picked Pew Pew. I picked and, uh, Ricochet, Cesaro, yeah. and Pew Pew on the pre-show. So I got that wrong. Sheamus and uh, Ridge Holland won. Um, do you know which ones that you guys had? Oh, you had. I, I know I know which ones I got wrong. I had The Miz beating Edge, which is wrong. I had. You know what, though? Profits beating RK bro, that was wrong. And I had the five way main event. I stuck with my original pick, which was Kevin Owens. And uh, I got that wrong. So that was, <clears throat> then we made the, they called the audible about 45 minutes before the show. So we had to make a switch. They added Brock. You, you, Matt, I think had Brock. No, you had Brock against Roman. We, Matt had Roman against Brock. And no, you no, guys Matt, both we won both Brock. We, yeah, we both had Brock over Roman, and then we both went with Brock for the uh, five-way that ensued. Um, Matt had Cesaro and Pew Pew as well. Uh, Matt also had the Street Profits, which was wrong, and he had Madcap and Moss, which was wrong. So, right? He's, yeah, Drew he's, he's swinging for the fences. Well, that I mean, that's what it is. So he had the Usos. He had Edge. He had Becky Lynch. Uh, he also – and that was it? Yeah. So there you go. So – Oh, and he had the Brock Lesnar match. So there you go. The thing with this show is that like everything that I thought was going to happen, like kind of happened, but I just didn't think it was going to happen at this show. Yeah. Like I thought we'd have a little bit more like the whole like Beth Phoenix thing coming back. I thought we, I thought that would be our WrestleMania match, that mixed tag. Cause WWE likes to do those, you know, mixed tag oh, extravaganza, you know, PR shows. But if we're going to get it, I guess we're going to get it at the rumble, which is kind of good. Cause that means we're going to get, Edge a better WrestleMania match than than a, a mixed tag with his wife and and Miz and Maurice, I feel like so I I enjoyed the heck out of this show. Uh, How? Oh, and I wait, that's a blatant lie. Wait a second, I enjoyed wait, three matches on this show. Which matches, matches did you watch? Which ones? Which ones? Did oh, you I watch? watched the whole show. I only watched three matches. I want to see if there's if if uh, if they're ones that you liked. The opening tag match between the Usos and um and uh, New Day. Okay, I didn't see that one. That's the that was the match of the show. 
Okay. Uh, I'm like mad at how good they are because I want them to stop facing each other 900 times and every time they're in the ring, they're so fucking good. Yep. (laughs) I'm waiting for them to phone it in at this point. I enjoyed very much uh, Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. Very good match. That sunset flip powerbomb thing Liv did was ridiculous. Yeah. I enjoyed very much. I, I won't say very much, but I didn't hate even though I got it wrong, I didn't hate Ms. Edge. I uh, actually liked it. I liked the way, look, if the Miz wins off the Maurice interference with the skull crushing finale, that's a great finish to that match. And that's probably the way they should have went. If they were looking for a mixed tag at WrestleMania, maybe they're not. I don't know, but I, I think, think the so, Miz, Miz like, could have walked away have, with that win. Have Miz win. And then Beth come out and glam slam him is, is the way I would have gone. The crowd was super dead for that match, but I actually liked the match. Yeah, um, I agree. But and and, and again, like yeah. nothing unexpected happened. Like once once Beth left NXT, I was like, oh, she's gonna go on yeah, Raw and, and and team with Edge or whatever it is. It's just like the timing is so weird for me because there's still so much time between now and WrestleMania. This could have Miz could have won this match, right? With with Maurice's interference on that skull crushing finale, which would have been great. And then, but here, the difference, here's the thing. Cause like, it's not just like another normal pay-per-view in between this. It's the Royal Rumble and a million different WrestleMania feuds can be created in that one night and the time from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. So I'm like, like I didn't think that we'd get Brock uh, winning. I thought we'd get, Ke- so once Edge won, I'm like, oh, it's a lot. Kevin Owens is winning. We're getting Kevin Owens edge at some point at wrestlemania or something in the future or maybe that will be the royal rumble match it just, there's so much stuff the timing to me was just was not what i expected i expected it all to happen just not that night obviously i didn't want brock to happen but so because my thinking my thinking is this why wouldn't you just pull somebody from the four-way and put them in a one-on-one match with brock for the smackdown championship and have um one of them win it and then have Roman come back and handle his business with whoever has that thing at WrestleMania when you could still have a triple threat match on the raw side with the, with the world title. Isn't the whole beauty of a multi-man match like this, that you don't have to pin the champion for someone to lose. It's the curse of the multi-man match. Right. Like (laughs) there's so many things I don't understand. Okay. So you're talking about the actual pinfall where Biggie actually had to take the foot on. Unbelievable. Why the fuck? Like, oh, come on, that match was fantastic. I don't know what no, you guys are the, talking no, about. No, the match ruled. Yeah. The finish was dog shit. So no, it wasn't. Yes, no, it, it was. was. It, was the, it was the hugest hope spot for for Big E, and he got caught, and that was it. Boom, over, Big done. E. Why did he pin Big E? Why not have him pin anybody else in the fight? Because he's Brock Lesnar. If it was anybody else winning that match, pinning somebody else, sure. But it's Brock Lesnar. He's gonna destroy the champ. That's how he rolls. That's how it it's was. Such. His re- Biggie's reign was two defenses. He was six three and one. If you want to, if you want to shit, if you want to shit on the, if you want to shit on the reign, I'm all with you. I'm but, shitting on if if they run back Biggie and Brock, like for an actual feud, I'm a perplexed as to what the Roman story is, and b unless they're gonna pivot to the Rock, maybe they got the Rock. But why are you pinning? Like they love to pin their champions on weekly episodic television too. 
why not have Brock pin someone else so that Big E can come back and say, I didn't really lose. Let's have a fucking match. Like, uh, and you uh, you said Brock out last. Come on, like. Well, he was because he was the late addition. That I mean, they, they probably so send him out first. Have him get his pop, and then you have the champion come out. What if this was uh, like they have just been fucking trashed to Biggie Langston this whole time? Like, I think, I, I think what everyone expects in like triple threat matches, they don't expect the champion to get pinned. So every once in a while, and again, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I have no idea what the, the ratio is. But so every now and then, pinning the champ is something that you just maybe you don't see coming. And so you just do and it. Already and then, weak again, champion, it stinks for Big E, but this clearly means, and if you couldn't tell by his reign, they had no real clear, they had no real clear, what's that? Oh, I think you're lagging. But my point is, like, Big E already looked weak as hell, and now you're just making him... You had a chance to either legitimize his reign or just make him have a weak reign and look like a weak champion. For what? Like, just have him pin somebody else. You can still do whatever feud you want. You have this ongoing story on SmackDown. Brock Lesnar said the whole time he's a free agent, so I don't have a problem with him winning the Raw Championship. Even though most of his time has been spent on SmackDown, he made it very clear, right? But, like just have him pin anybody else except for the guy who you've already made look like dog shit through your dog shit booking. Like he was so that moment of him winning Jeremy at fight club says it all the time. Great at booking moments, terrible at booking reigns, like so bad. And it's so true because right, so, it looks performative as shit now. So, all right. So what would it have? What? So if they have higher hopes right now, so clearly they already viewed, biggies for whatever reason rain is dog shit so if you already feel that way what does it hurt to actually put the stamp on a dog shit rain as opposed to beating two other guys or three other guys that they may have higher hopes for in the future oh because At you the the handwriting is on the wall with seth and owens already right so why not have one of them get pinned biggie say i didn't really lose it and then have some fucking big meaty men slapping meat at Royal Rumble between the two of them. I don't want to see so that either because that's how that's that's a story that's the storyline that we've seen since the dawn of time with triple threat match. The champion doesn't get pinned, so they, it gets it's, that's just as predictable as as anything else. I just don't get why they're so obsessed with pinning champions on TV and making them look bad. Let me ask you this: and Brock the Le match if, fucking slapped. If that match fucking ruled. If he had just pinned Kevin Owens, cool. And Seth Rollins didn't help him out. Then his frenemy betrayed him. Like, there's so many stories you could do. There's a history with Biggie and, and Bobby Lashley that's sitting right there. There's a history with Brock and Bobby Lashley that's sitting right there. There's, like, oh. any other outcome. And how fucking stupid are you that Tony Khan is getting dragged for being racist and you have the black guy get pinned? Oh, <laughs> like, here we fucking go. Think. Here we go. That's just dumb business. That's Please just stupid that on their joke. part. Of course it was. Yeah. It's just stupid. <laughs> It's just stupid. They're obsessed with making their champions look weak. I don't understand it. Why are they constantly getting pinned on TV? Why are, Why is Big E getting pinned here when you have the easiest out in the world and you have all these other stories in play? No, the, the, e the easiest out in the world is to make the guy you don't believe in look like the guy you don't believe in. That's why it. don't Instead, I know this is crazy, why don't you fucking book him well? Why don't you have him kick out of everybody's shit? Why don't you all have right. him take five F5s and fucking right. win? All it's right. so stupid. Right. It's what point dumb. leading up to that match did you have any? 
what point up to his, you said it yourself the rain is terrible up to what point in your mind did you actually think did you have faith that that was going to happen i was hoping that biggie was going to win because now we're moving into months of programming where things get reset and make sense i like an idiot because i am a naive fool yeah, thought no. that maybe on day one this fresh clean slate something might fucking happen that wasn't incredibly obvious becky no, retains well, right. the usos so face the new day fucking baron corbin why did why did drew mcintyre and what's his fucking face madcap moss have like a, a 20 minute banger ooh, instead ooh, of I know. squashing him i know i know because they needed to fill time because they lost the championship match oh that that actually does make sense god forbid you put another women's match on but like and oh, now <laughs> why not you have why wasn't i well i should also because say they too, because they buried bianca belair and fucking what's her nuts was having pie fights with with the girl that left so what are you gonna do i don't know so god forbid somebody have like an open challenge but i will say oh god who's who's carmella teamed up with who's her partner Zelina. Oh God! Could you imagine the two of them against like? Uh, oh my God! Nia Jax ain't even there anymore. No. Couldn't we bring back Natalia and Tamina? Dude, the SmackDown women's roster has nine members. Nine. But there's also been a COVID outbreak, so I should I should give leniency to that too because who knows who actually could have been there and couldn't have. Do you but. do you think do you think um, we get a title for title match at Mania? Do I'm they have very nervous that they're the, going to unify them because they do that every two years. The only the only thing I'm concerned with is then is that making the Royal Rumble worthless. So there you... is that. My hope is that maybe they do have the Rock, and you have the Rock and Roman, and then you just have Biggie win the Rumble and and get his title back or at least a shot at Brock. I think that's a, a good. How would way that to make? Go, how but... would how would that make? The Royal Rumble worthless if they unified the belts. Because then who's going to win the Rumble as a champion? You don't win the Rumble as a champion. If you have uh, champion okay. versus you champion, have, who yeah, are you going to face? Oh, if, each other, oh, if you're going on that ridiculous premise, which it won't be. Stranger things have happened. Well, you could, though. You could have a triple threat with oh, Biggie I, and Brock and Roman. You could do that. I got an idea. Got an idea. We bring back the one championship that they need. The WWE CW championship. There it is. That's it. Boom. I mean, there. That's the. So my thinking is this: if Bailey's back in time, you have two nights of WrestleMania, right? At the biggest stadium in the world, which they're going to call a sellout regardless. Do you? I think maybe you actually have the four horsemen, four horsewomen, fatal four way. Um, and that anchors one of the nights, but like now you have Brock and Roman and this unresolved story. I'm sure Brock's not there tonight. They'll do a, they'll do a fatal four way, but the champion won't get pinned. That'll probably be it. (laughs) I just don't know how, I don't know how you for two nights sell out the biggest arena in the world or like the biggest stadium in the world. Unless, unless you get The Rock and Cena, maybe. Here we go. Here we go. How's this for a scenario? Oh boy. Here we go, yo. 
Your Royal Rumble comes down to two men. It's Biggie and Bobby Lashley. We get a double elimination, and they say, fuck this. We're doing this Bret Hart style, and they're both going to be winners, right? So now, instead of two, instead of one-on-one for both belts, now you've got a fatal four-way elimination match. Uh, see, you can't do that, though, because the precedent has already been set when Cena and Batista did that. It's going to be Biggie and Goldberg. It's going to, none of it's oh, going to fuck fucking Goldberg. matter. Holy shit. Or what if they make the Royal Rumble for one of the championships? Done that before. Ooh. And then you got a title for title match. They've that done that be before. a little bit cooler. Yeah. Plenty of possibilities. What one possibility is shrinking is anybody catching Tony this year for the picks. Because I stand at 199, 73 and one. Kevin's nine matches back at 190, 82 and one. And Matt is abysmally behind by 33 at 166, <laughs> 106 and one. I think if I was a betting man, I would say that neither Kevin nor myself are going to reach 100 losses this, this year, this go around. No. That's pretty good. And I do want to say I did forget an entire pay per view. So I forgot it. I knew it was coming. I didn't realize it was tonight. Yeah. Oh, and you you meant the old one. I all right. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I forgot. No, I forgot about this one too. And apparently, we're changing the rules because you have to make picks on the show. So we don't have to. We can wait. No, we could do no, it. No, let's I mean, do it. Let's do it. F it. I don't know anything about it anyway, so I might as well just wing it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's cue this up again. I think it's the first time this whole goddamn season we're doing picks live on the show. It's Wrestle Kingdom Night One. I think it's the first time we're actually picking a pay-per-view on the show this year. I think it's this year, yeah. And I, I was being a little, a little bit over dramatic. I just wanted more time. That's all I wanted. But I'll, I'll well, do it right no- now. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a bump on the log. So well, there's will, only like uh, six hours until the show starts. Doesn't it start at three, Kate? Aren't you staying up all night to watch this? Did Kate freeze up? I think we lost. Oh, Kate did freeze. Okay, so Kate's gone. Is Kate going to mix in a nap? I don't know, but Kate's got to mix in Matt's picks because she she holds the key to unlocking all of this stuff. Oh, she froze up, so she's got to reboot back. So in the meantime, let me cut the music. While we're waiting, is there anything else we need to discuss before we, uh, before we cover the picks? Uh, let's see. Let's see. I, I, so, all, again, it's slow. We, I'm sure everything will pick up. Uh, day uh, after day one, but like again, not a lot of eventful uh, wrestling shows. Obviously, I, I mean, was there an MLW show or no? MLW did their decoded this week, I think, with Jacob Fatu, but I did not get a chance to see it. But other yeah. than that, there was no, there was no new. I think Azteca Underground starts this week, which is or Luch, yeah, Aztec Underground, which is their new show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and. And the NWA should be back with a brand new episode of Power tomorrow night. Um, no idea what they're booking yet, but yeah, it was a lot of best ofs this week. MLW didn't have shit this week. I think they just replayed the Charlie Brzee's induction into the uh, Hall of Fame at 2300. But other than that, no, a lot, a lot see, of recaps and repeats. And I mean, other than what we talked about, I'm trying to see. I didn't see any major news. Oh, Tony Storm. Got got her release, which either uh, she, yeah, she, she asked for. She fucking just like after her match, just packed up her shit and went home. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know why. Uh, I haven't seen any rumors or anything like that. So, but that's she a pretty just, big deal because she was pretty heavily featured lately. Well, she was p- fucking featured in pie fights. You know what I'm saying? Like it was kind of weird. Yeah. No, I agree. So uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh. 
Actually, have let's put on Raw. See what's going on on Raw because I actually have access <laughs> to a TV right here. Is there anything else we really need to cover tonight? Because I think after I think once the picks are done, I think I'm coming. No, let's 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 uh wait for Kate. Oh, she's back. Kate is back. Guess who's back? Back again. It's so cute seeing Buster just walking <laughs> around too. He's adorable. And dead silence. Do you do you have Matt's picks for the uh, Wrestle Kingdom night one? By the way, yes, no. Can you hear me? Now she can't hear me. She has no idea. <laughs> she left again. Yo, I, dude, she's not playing off my uh, my jokes about not wanting to do the picks on the show, is she? I don't think so. I mean, Kate's smart. I don't think she's smarmy smart to that extent. No, but what if Matt's saying like they don't want to do picks? Fuck them. No, if Matt was if no Matt would have texted us, you fucking assholes. You I want to do picks. picks. I did research, just not enough research. But now I think probably, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm pretty confident. All right, I'm, it's good to hear. It's good to hear because I think I'm uh, I think I'm good with my picks too. There's a couple of them I'm still thinking about actually. I kind of don't want to go for all my picks. I have a because I'm looking at I'm looking at night two's card as well, and I'm trying to think ahead, but maybe I'm overthinking things now. I'm a person again. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're back. I added you, I added you to the stream. I didn't know if you realized you could do that yourself. I don't think I can because I'm in like the guest view. Yeah, oh, she's got the she's got the lock ski. Mm, oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, so yeah, before we get the picks, I'm very excited about AE Dub on Wednesday, baby. That should be fun. Me too. That's right, baby. <laughs> that's Can't wait rule. to see all that white talent on the show. That's it. <laughs> The TBS era. That's what it's going to be. Oh, my God. That was Sorry. If that, if, that, if that was any other time in the world, that would be terrible. But it was just. But so that was perfect bad. timing, Kev. Thank Come you, on. I'm, I'm getting good at this. Beautiful. That's right. Chef's kiss. <laughs> First of the, the TBS, we're going to get um, Cole and Danielson part two with the judges. I'm hoping one of them is Jonathan Gresham. You guys are getting uh, Gresham. You guys are definitely so, getting Jade and uh, Ruby, though, right? Yes. Is that not happening at the show? No, Wednesday? that'll be yes. No, January fifth. Yeah, that'll happen. And then I'm sure Battle of the Belts or whatever um, will be the first. So, I think de- title defense, but the finals are on on Wednesday. Yes. So, Kate, your gut instinct. Do we think we get another hour out of these two? No, I don't think so. I feel like that would be too close of a back-to-back hour. Like, I I don't think that. I also think it's, like, a little bit too obvious with the handwriting on the wall. I think what you're going to see... My hope is Jonathan Gresham is one of the judges, and there's some judge dispute that sets up Gresham and Danielson. That's what I'm I'm thinking. Well, the judges judges don't have a say unless it goes the, the hour. So they're essentially meaningless, correct? Um, my, I'm thinking it's going to end up being a pure rules match. I'm, I'm thinking if Gresham is, if, if my assumptions are correct and I don't know anything, but like if Gresham is there, why not make it a pure rules match? And then Danielson breaks some sort of rule and it sets that up. Um, I, I just feel like that's a very, both of them have wanted this match. Gresham has been backstage at AEW. I feel like this is the perfect way to set it up. No, I agree. I'm just trying to figure out the way to do it. If A, it doesn't go the distance. B, you're making it 
a rules match that's never existed before in your company and see how a judge would have an issue with Daniel Bryan when it's the referee that would make the decision that he broke the well, rules. Well, the referees not the judge. suck, so. <laughs> I, I the got an idea. are terrible <laughs> all the time, so <laughs> maybe. Maybe the judges are there just to instill I, the rest. To me, it would have to be like a post. To me, it would have to be like a post-match issue, maybe, between them. It could be. I just don't see it going an hour. I feel like it's too close to the last one, and you want that to be. So I know some people don't like hour-long matches. To me, that was one of the best matches AEW's ever done, if not the best. Like, the storytelling was unbelievable. This heel run with Danielson, like, I saw somebody post the other day. I didn't even realize this, but... Danielson ran back multiple variations of the figure four, like just such a healy thing to do. Like, oh, look, I can do it like this. I can do it like this. Like that match to me was one of, if not the best in, in history. Um, and this Danielson run has been very special. So I don't think you want to fuck with that. Um, I think there's better ways to keep this story going. And you also, I think Adam just realistically like I didn't actually like the draw initially I like it a little bit more now you need Adam Page to have a clean win as as a champion I think over Danielson um and I I don't think it needs to be like this disputed or whatever like it's everything is like almost too protected in AEW sometimes and like sometimes better wrestlers just win matches um but I think Hangman needs to Going to a draw is okay because Danielson is actually one of the best to ever do this. So I feel like your champion doesn't look weak because Danielson is yeah. just that fucking good. Yeah, um, I agree. Adam Page but a, should, but a solid Adam win, Page should I think, get though. the Adam Page should get the clean win, and then maybe you can even do something where, like, if Gresham is a judge, maybe he hands Adam Page the belt, and it's just simple as simple as could be as as that that triggers Daniel Bryan, who's already triggered, and maybe he just is like. Or maybe maybe Danielson's just betray. You're supposed to be one of us. It could be that you're supposed to be Mister Technical. You're supposed to be like me. You're like there's there's a lot of ways that they could have a clean match and still have if Gresham if Gresham's even there. If Gresham's even there, exactly. We're going on these. It could be Carrie Silken for all we know. It could be. It just feels very like it, it feels very much like that would be the next piece of logical storytelling for of that Jonathan Gresham would be one of the judges. What if they, what if they fuck Adam page over and Danielson wins and he wins the title people thinking that out there. I don't, I just, so, so then here's the thing. So then Adam page who didn't lose to him the first time technically lost by not being pinned, but got screwed by a judge. Then you have the rubber match, pay-per-view, said, you know what? I'm going to beat you this time. And if I don't do it, whatever, whatever. And he winds up actually pinning him, and he gets the win. Now, you shit his first title reign, but you made his win that much more important because now he beat Brian Danielson, something that nobody's been able to do yet. And he wins the championship back. I don't hate that at all. Um, And it puts massive heat on Danielson in a good way, I think. Yeah, but has um, it, but has it, the, has they has don't it, do automatic returns there. You could script one beautifully, like that. They did it with um, Omega and Moxley was the first like return they had, and they're going to do it with the TNT title with Sammy and Cody. But um, I, I I don't hate that. I just feel like the chase was so long for Adam Page to get it. It would be nice to see him just kind of carry it. 
Well, not only that, but if, if a judge does screw him over, maybe he's got to beat the judge before he gets Danielson. Maybe that's the deal. If you think you can beat Jonathan Gresham or whoever said judges that fucks him, then you get a shot with me. Then Adam Page gets a high-profile win. He gets his rematch. You put it on pay-per-view. He pins Daniel Bryan, something nobody's been able to do yet. Or makes him submit. Even better. Oh, Even that better. Was... Catches him that... in the cattle mutilation. Boom. Done. God. Over. Man. That'd be awesome. If they had the balls to do it. Is... So I've said this a few times on Wednesdays and just in general, like I have never watched like a goat wrestler in real time. Like I didn't watch Bret Hart in real time. I didn't watch Sean in real time. I obviously didn't watch Bruno in real time. I'm like, shoot. Don't, don't worry. He's not. On um, but like, I feel like this run with Danielson is putting him on some people's Mount Rushmore's and that's really cool to me. Like I have, I've never gotten to see that. So like, as much as a punk gal as I am, and I am, like, I love what he did with Eddie. Um, I think his heel turn's going to be so nasty. Um, but I, like, this is, does this Danielson run feel as special to you guys? And I know, Tony, you don't watch AEW, but, like, Kevin, you're really into it now. Does it feel, like, as special to you guys as it feels to me? Because this just feels, like, so awesome it does <laughs> it, it does now but part of me still can't get over the bitterness of just the quick how quickly just because he won a tournament he turned back he turned heel like that to me just like put that. a bad taste in my mouth for the whole day i mean he's gotten over it and just like any any good performer can he's gotten over it over it and has gotten better at it and is completely awesome in his role right now i just don't want him to win because to me you build up you build up the same thing with biggie you build up, you build up, you build up, you win, and you don't do anything with it. And I'm not saying they did that to Adam Page that they did to Big E. And you take the belt off him. I don't think it's ever happened ever. If you could pick a different example where someone's second shorter build to a title was more important than their first build to a title and ended up better, it just doesn't happen. Like, you can't... like. Like like the Big E, like the Big E run. Awesome. Incredible. He got the Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston. Incredible. Got it, got it, got it. Lost it. Granted, he never got it again. But I'm just saying, like, if he had, it wouldn't have meant nearly as much as when it did. But a lot of that has to do with how you've booked the run after. And they did a great job with Paige, whereas they didn't do a great job with. I just don't want him to lose. At the same, for the same reason that. you didn't want Big E to lose, I don't want Paige to lose. I get that. That makes total sense. But if you book a judge who's going to give the match to Page and it's going to cause he with Danielson, the, the focus isn't on Page anymore then. Doesn't matter. You know what? I'll tie this back to a WCW thing. Sting in 97 had that amazing run. Didn't speak a word. Had it. One belt from uh, Hogan at Starcade, Vacated. Won it again at Super Brawl. Three months later, Spring Stampede. Lost to Savage. Sting dead. As Why are the- we also not assuming that Kenny Omega might be a judge? Uh, Sting was kind of dead when that first match happened with the fucking fast count. No, no, Sting wasn't dead then. But I, ah, back, he was already he was already in the grave, dude. Sting was Sting was dead when he started wrestling on a regular basis on Nitro, and eventually Thunder. That's when Sting was dead. But taking the title off him with Savage, who they had no intention on keeping it on, was the, the kiss of death. But Kenny Omega is an interesting point because he's a guy. Listen, I didn't expect Jericho to come back at a 
at Daly's place, that's a whole other interesting thing between him and Eddie Kingston, but we're getting too far into the weeds. But, well, what um, if you have what if you have Gresham lobbying for Daniels or lobbying against Danielson? You have Omega lobbying against Paige, and then you have a third judge who is neutral and Paige wins. Like I think we've been thinking, and I've been thinking Gresham, 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 because judges ROH makes sense. Um, but what if there's someone that's trying to to tinker with Adam Cole? I just want them to have a yeah, clean match no, that's and a it to be point. done in like 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a great point because in my head I was I've been viewing this at oh it's gonna be two dignitaries or two luminaries two like people that know wrestling and only one active wrestler and that active wrestler is Jonathan Gresham. For all we know, it could be like Kenny Omega, Jonathan Gresham, CM Punk. For all we know, like oh no, it's gonna be it's gonna be Eric Bischoff. It's gonna be like Mick Foley. It's gonna be Gresham. maybe Dory Funk Jr. with his no, fucking. Whip. In my head, that's how I saw it. I saw it as two. Like maybe like like two like old timey like guys like Jerry Lynn not old time Jerry Lynn's a freaking patron saint, um, uh maybe He's like old. a Jerry Lynn, um, a Dean Malenko, and then a Jonathan Gresham. But who's to say it might not be three top guys as judges? Oh my God! What if it's like a Kenny Omega Gresham and Lethal or something like that? Or oh, Adam Cole. Yeah. Ooh, Kevy Likey. Anybody know what Jason Hervey's up to these days? Jason Hervey will come back and do that shit again. Gino Medina. Maybe it'll be Ricky Rackman. Oh, fuck that shit. Ricky Rackman. Maybe they'll they'll just have the No Limit Soldiers be the judges. Oh, boy. Kev, can we do our New Japan pick so I can go to fucking bed? Hootie who? Hootie who? Yes, yes, we can. I know it's past your bedtime, Tony. It really is. I'm fucking old. All right. We got to pick have... uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom have, uh... 16, night we one. Pick music or are we just going to run? For... No, fuck it. We already played it. I ain't playing it again. My voice is already out. Dun, 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 dun. It's time for the pick thing. You're welcome. We are not <laughs> picking the New Japan Rambo for the. Uh, I have to do the voice. The... Yes, I do. Yes, she does. Of course she does. It's awesome. Uh, we are not picking the uh, Rambo to decide the challenger to the King of Pro Wrestling trophy on night two. We are also not picking the Shibata match, which is going to be under catch wrestling rules with no strikes because his opponent is Tiba, and we don't know who Tiba is. So, Kev, we're going to start with this one. It's Yo versus Show with Dick to Go. Who you got? Kate, wait, Kate, you have Matt's picks, right? I do. He has Yo. He has Yo, Yo. I would have show because show's my boy. And I am taking show. Kev, who you got? Did we lose Kevin? We lost Kevin. Kevin, where did you go? Go, go. My Kevin. Kevin's mic is muted too. Turn my mic on. I'm going to turn it on now. Kevin, you're muted. Kev? Yeah, we can't hear you. Mute ski potatoes over there, Kevin. You're muted. Your mic, dude. Is he singing? What is he doing? I don't know. He's mad. Oh, there he is. Kev, you got us? Yeah, everything got unplugged. I'm actually trying to... Just when you think you can do everything right, everything goes wrong. Um, (laughs) I have have show. Kevin also has show, so let me just write that down. So Kevin has show, because I got to give these notes to dickhead 
and Tony Kevin show. Matt has yo. Okay, the very next match is Hiroshi Tanahashi and the Mega Coaches, Rusuke Taguchi and Rocky Romero versus Bullet Club members Kenta, Taiji Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. I'll go. I, I, yeah, I mean, I won't go. I have. I have Bullet Club. As does Matthew. I'm going with Tanahashi's team. I'm feeling good about my man, so I'm going to stick yeah. with Tanahashi. Tony takes Tanahashi. And Matt and Kevin have Bullet Club. Okay. The very next match, it is the United Empire. Uh, Will Ospreay, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb taking on LIJ, Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Who's Matt got? The Undisputed. I'm sorry, the different UE, the United Empire. <laughs> Matt's got United Empire. Kev, you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll tell Kev, I'm taking United Empire as well. Well, that's a clean sweep for United Empire. Kevin, Tony, and Matt, United Empire. Okay. The next match, Matt's favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, wait, where the hell is it? I thought, okay, here we go. Uh, Evil with Dick to go challenges Tomohiro Ishii for the never open weight championship. I just have that big Tom Lawler is next. Big Tom Lawler. Yeah. What the hell did he pick? Am I missing a match? I don't know. I have Big Tom, Dangerous Takers, uh, Hiromu, and Shingo. Big, okay, oh, so Big Tom Ishii. Big, not Big Tom Lawler. It's Big Tom oh, Ishii. Oh, Big Tom. <laughs> you said Tom Lawler. I'm like, wait a minute. It didn't click. Big Tom. No, it's it's Tom Ishii. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I did not know his name was Tom Ishii. Well, it's Tomohiro, but everybody just calls him Big Tom. Uh, I will be taking uh, evil in this one. I, I have this love-hate relationship with the Never Openweight Championship. Nobody really holds that title for too long, and I think Evil's going to take this one. All right. I'm with you, T-Dunk. I have Evil. Everything is Evil. Kevin and Tony got Evil. Matt's got Big Tom. Uh, the very hey, next you know match. Hold on, wait. I might have to start playing the game here. It's all about the game and how you play it. I can't. I just made that up. I'm not... I'll be a well, Kev, we got three, we got three more matches for night one. Okay. Uh, Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi and Zack Saber Jr. defend the IWGP Tag Team Titles against Chaos members Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. I'll go first. I have uh, I have <laughs> the Dangerous Techers that Kate had winning last match. Yeah, that's what Matt has here. Matt and Kevin have the Techers. I'm going with Chaos. I think we got new champs on this one. The secondary Chaos, you mean? Not the Orange well, Cassidy version. That matters. Oh, fuck them. Fuck those <laughs> Fucking stupid pocket fucking... Ugh. With Sue. He's going to turn heel and be fucking awesome. You're going to be so mad. Oh, I'm I'm so mad already. Um, Okay. Top two matches. Hiromu Takahashi finally gets his challenge for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship held by El Desperado. I'll give you mine first. I'm taking Takahashi. I think he takes the title back. Hiromu. Matt also takes Hiromu. Kev, who you got? I have Hiromu. Kevin is also... Yeah. Kevin is also taking Hiromu. And last but not least, one of the awesome standouts of 2021, Mr. Shingo Takagi 
defends the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against the man who holds the briefcase, the title, the man who's challenging, Kazuchika Okada. I'll give you my pick first. I'm taking Okada. I'm I'm calling for the win. He needs a win against Takagi. Takagi's got his number, but I think it's Okada's time to get back on the mountaintop. I have um I have Okada. Kevin also has Okada. Does Matt make it a sweep? He says Shingo. Matt is going to Kagi. I like the pick. All right, let me just confirm. Show versus Yo. Tony and Kevin both take Show. Matt takes Yo. Tanahasho's team against Bullet Club. Tony takes Tanahasho. Matt and Kevin take Bullet Club. The United Empire versus LIJ. All three take United Empire. Evil versus Ishii. Matt takes Big Tom. Kevin and Tony take Evil. Chaos versus the Dangerous Techers. Matt and Kevin take the Techers. Tony takes Chaos. Takahashi against Desperado. All three take Takahashi. And Okada versus Takagi. Kevin and Tony take Okada. Matt takes Takagi. Shingo. Whew. First time we've done that in a long time. I feel depleted. It's been a minute. Yeah. Whew. Let me get back to look at your guys' beautiful faces because I'm tired of looking at the uh, the chart. And that's that. Hey, Buster. How's it going, Buster? Say hi, buddy. Yeah. Buster, you got any plugs for us before we pull this train into the station? Oh, yes. You can follow me at Buster Hensler on Instagram, <laughs> which is real. Oh, um, but, uh, also, by the way, my, my my butt also has its own Instagram account. It's uh, it's, it's, it's butt by Buster's Buster. Buster's butthole. But, um, butthole. Butthole by Buster.com. That's um yeah you can follow me at kate on deck i see you can find me doing the nxt 2.0 post show because i hate myself uh <laughs> youtube with alex polowski where we try real hard to make it fun uh wednesdays on the mark order podcast and fridays doing aew rampage and smackdown with sean ross app also on fightful but my friends insomnia is here and we are going to do a new japan watch along on the fightful twitch Join us if you're a fucking maniac that is staying up to watch it. Kev, anything in the hopper ski? Uh, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I just see that that awesome, sexy picture of you wearing your uh, your tank top picture. at your Jersey All Pro tryout. I love that picture. I need to get that framed, like a 16 by 20 on my. No, I can't believe that this is the only thing that exists from that day. You and your jammy jams. The, uh, Do you know who took that picture? I think it was either Donnie or, or Frank Manetti. Were either of those guys trying out as well, or were they just no? They just came run? to watch. Wow. It, it was either it was either Frigans or uh, oh god or, or Frank. I would imagine no. It was probably Donnie because Donnie took more pictures. This is the only one that surfaced. That's pretty fucking cool. You got to reach out to Donnie see if he's got any more pictures from that day because I'd love to see him. If if he had he, he I it's been freaking I know this was, this was 2001 I think I know 21 years ago Kev we're all getting old mm. holy yeah. shit we're getting old God yeah John man Alba's, John Alba's was like 29 how fucking sick is that Yeah here here I am I'm almost 30 Oh we Kevin <laughs> we didn't do your top five Listen you know what I'll I'll hoard them I'll hoard them until we have to use them and then we'll just We'll bang them out. We'll have like a five-week thing. I won't have to even worry about it anymore because I still have the one from before the New Year's that we have to do. 
Well, don't worry. Once I win the pay-per-view picks this year, I'll work a top five into the show somehow. It'll be something Tony-based. Tony Day. Wait, no, I, I just said I'm hoarding. I already have three in the hopper. Well, you might have to make a fourth. What can I tell you? Oh, I'll make <laughs> and I and I have I'm, I've very narrowed down our sec- our super secret project, and I'll send that out to you guys probably tomorrow at work. Ooh, I like it. I'm intrigued. I, I forgot. I forgot this was even a thing. I know. I know. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. So anyway, we are the Shining Wizards, uh, shiningwizards.com for all your Shining Wizards needs. Don't forget about our Patreon. Why can't I talk tonight? Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast. Like I said, we've got watch-alongs. We've covered shows. We do profiles. Kevin and Matt did a two-hour, what I'm going to call an omnibus, because I don't know what else to fucking call it. Two hours on Bret Hart's first year in WCW. It's insane. Please join our Patreon and check that out. It's amazing. We've got over 50 episodes in the archives. We play games. We cover pay-per-views. It's it's nuts. It's completely worth it. $3 a month. How can you go wrong? Kate knows. Kate's a Patreon supporter. I get the boxes of wizardry because I'm a smarty pants. There you go. <laughs> um, I think that's everything. Oh, yeah. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast on all platforms. ProWrestlingTees.com slash shining wizards is that sale still going on or is that over i don't know I don't well, I, who I determined the length it was either like five or eight days so i don't think it's i don't think either way would be done okay yeah, it's still going on i think 22 yes, percent off at pro wrestling tees oh there you go well, no oh, i thought we were talking about the our super secret patreon 10th anniversary shirt sale well it's not so much a secret anymore if you put it out there on the podcast well if they join pay well they can't get it unless they're on a patreon no it's a discord only so if you want to join the discord oh, go discord? over to our twitter click the discord link we only have mediums and larges left. So if you want to get in on one of those for dirt cheap, get over there, sign up for our Discord, hit us up, let us know you are interested. Oh, T-Don, can I give a special shout-out real quick? Of course you can. To the hottest free agent in the game, if you can't take Rohit, get out the kitchen. Rohit Raju is a free agent, baby. Sign him, book him. He's the man. He's the greatest. He's a body guy. Get out. I'm almost as jacked as in that picture. That pun out, you cannot get mad at the good night, Gracie. That's that's inevitably coming I've, down the it's train. Been the, the, you, if you can't take Rohit, get out the kitchen has been a staple since he's been on the show over a year ago. Yeah, no, I know. I listen all the time, Kevin. Yeah, well, it's great. So is good night, Gracie. I don't get that, though. What, how is that a pun? You're a Who pun? said it's a, a pun? She pun? said a pun. It's no, like, a, like if you're... If you're gonna bring that pun late in, this late in the game, you cannot get mad at like a. Well, it, it was all a part of the collective shout out. I was gonna let Tony finish. All right, Kate. I I want to finish, but I just don't know what to say. What should I say at this point? I think you should say good night, Gracie. <laughs> good night, Gracie. Uh-huh.